persistence culture. Persistence, firm or obstinate continuance in a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. Culture, the customs, arts, social institutions, and achievements of a particular nation, people, or other social group. Keep moving. This is Persistence Culture. We are a lifestyle brand changing lives all over the world. I am your co-host Mambo and we got your host Jason in the house. What's up, Jason? Yes, sir. What's going on, big dog? How you doing today? Uh, pretty excited, bro. The holidays are around the corner. Uh, we've been going through a, uh, to a couple of holiday parties. Yeah, man. PC I just, had theirs. Yeah. I just celebrated a birthday yesterday. Happy birthday. Happy. I wasn't going to let you skate out of it. I was, I was coming. Happy it birthday, did, big dog. I think it hit me waking up this morning. Yeah? Yeah, man. What, 30? No, no, no. I wish, bro. Yeah, I, I think uh, I'm feeling my age now. Yeah, we, we all do. Age is just a number, though, man. That's yeah, it. 48, bro. Nice, man. You're yeah. doing good for 48, bro. 48, man. But uh, yeah, it, it's catching up to me. This morning, I'm like, man, how much longer do I have to wake up Did you go this out early? and celebrate? No. No? No. And I was still hurting. Smart move on a school yeah. night, though, man. I'm the same way, dude. It's like, I got a, I got a pretty strict bedtime on my work nights, too, man. Yeah, but I did tell myself that, you know, once, once my birthday hit, I got to... I got to get back to it. You do, man. Yeah. You do. Five with five a.m. I'll even come and do a four a.m. class with you, bro. Me and you. Will four, work out if together. they do a four a.m., I'll go. Well, I got a key to the place, so I'll just show up at four. You tell me what days you want to do it. We'll get. We'll start off. All right, slow. we got. We we'll got to talk. Slow, we right? got to talk. All we'll right, figure something out. We'll figure something out. All right, so we got another uh, dope guest today. Who do we have today? Yeah, man, I'm very excited for today's episode here at the Yellow Tables. Today's guest is an absolute savant, a leader, a mentor in the wine and spirits industry. He's managed over twenty four million dollars in territory across the greater Los Angeles area while creating the best cocktail menus you can find. He also works as a contractor for the World Central Kitchen, supporting communities during crisis all around the world. And now the 805 can get a taste of these amazing cocktails and food right here in downtown Ventura. He is the founder and the owner of the incredible Rocks and Drams. We have Mark Valdivia in the studio. Hey, what's up, Mark? What's up, what's up Jay? What's hey. up, Mambo? Yeah, welcome to the Yellow Table, brother. How are you doing today? Hey, it's, I'm doing great. Good to be here. Thank you. Uh, as we said before the podcast started, you're a little short on sleep because you just welcomed a new son to the family, to yeah, the tribe, yeah, right? Congratulations, yeah. brother. You. Congratulations. Thank you. Congrats. Yeah. Looks like a beautiful, healthy young man, too. Yeah, baby Bo, big Bo. He's baby, baby Bo? Baby Bo. I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's that's cool, man. And I know how busy I know how busy it gets, and especially when you're a business owner and a busy man on top of it trying to be a father, it's, it's a grind, dude. So you're doing a great job, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. And- and as I mentioned in your intro, I mean, you've been doing a great job in the wine and spirits industry for a long time now. How did you end up getting into that industry? God, such a story. Good. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, uh, I was 23, just kind of roaming the earth, right? Yeah. Um, it actually ties back to the cave. We talked about it earlier. Um, um, I was dating my high school sweetheart at the time. And right. um, I, uh, we were going out. And her dad just opened the cave, you know, the Ventura Wine Company, a little 800-square-foot store, and he, it was a one-man operation. And um, he's like, look, I, I need a couple of days off, you know. And he's like, Mark, what do you think? You know, would you fill in for me? I'm like, yeah, sure. And I had just gotten back from living in Arizona, and Rep pulls up. He's got Arizona license plates on, you know. And I'm like, hey, so we started chopping it up. And next you know, a month later, I'm asking him for a job, right? Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, I get you. I'll get you a job because they wanted to get in with, you know, who wasn't my father-in-law at the time, but my girl's dad, right? Yep. Nick. And uh, so I'm a, I have a job. Right. I put up in a hotel for a week. They give me a computer. They give me, a you know, a, all these, like, stuff. And You're I'm, legit now. You got a, jo- you, thinking, you got a computer and a job. <laughs> and I'm You're thinking legit. to myself, like, what did I just do? Like, what, yeah. did I, what did I just get myself into? Yeah. And um, 
you know, so three months into it, you know, I'm working for Southern Wine Spirits, right? I'm at the bottom of the barrel, waking up, driving to Santa Barbara, middle of the night, throwing loads, wearing a suit and tie. I so mean, what do they do? Are they a distribution company? Oh, or? They're, they're, they're the biggest on the planet, you know, okay. when it comes to distribution, you know, um, you name it, Grey Ghost, Casadores, you name it. Like, so bars and restaurants everything. are placing orders and you're just going and filling it. 100%. But at, at this point, I was... I was at the, I'm, I was in the chains. This is bottom. I was, I mean, nothing, right? Yeah. It's the meat grinder. Mm-hmm. This is, this is, this is like the, 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 the part you have to go through in order to get to the, like the training. Yeah. You yeah. know, so, uh, I'll tell another story about after this, but, uh, so three months into it, you know, I'm sitting there with my, with my, my, with my wife now, my mother-in-law and my father-in-law who weren't my father. And at this point, yeah, at you're this just point, getting started. Yeah, just getting started. Right. And he's like, how do you like it? And I'm like, I hate it. <laughs> and like, he like throws like the fork and knife down and he's like hey looks at me you're on my name leave it give it six months you don't like it quit and i look at him like oh, okay sir you know, no problem you know and so i look at my I look at nicole and she's like oh you know stick it out you yeah. know 14 years i was still there you know 14 years later you know i moved up from a change change person to a fine wine salesperson to a division you know a key account specialist um, you know, moved a couple of times for the company, you know, for them and then became a division manager, you know, running, running a team of seven, seven guys. And I happened to be here, here locally, here, here to the, you know, north of just south of the 405, you know, so, uh, in and out of restaurants and hotels and lounges, you know, so that's kind of, was that the main customer hotels and lounges? I bet you meet a lot of people when you're going there and delivering the booze. Yeah. On premise, right. Clubs, Padre, you know, when Padre was, was hot, was hopping at that time. Um, you know, the Four Seasons, you name it, like all these like places, lounges, everything, anywhere and everywhere there was a well, there's a back bar, there's a cocktail menu, like we're in there. Like our job was to penetrate, you know, marinate and get to know whoever Jason or Mambo was that was in charge of that liquor liquor program. Hell yeah, become a, become more than just a customer and a, and a supplier, you know, yeah, build you, a rapport. Yeah, you wanted, you wanted Jason who was managing the bar to call you. Like, Hell yeah. Like, hey man, I'm out of this. Like, hey, plug me in, got yep. it, you know, and. That's how I trained. My, that's how I trained my guy, my team, you know. And uh, I had I had a, one of the best teams in in the state, you know, where you know everything was collective. You know, I, I I didn't run my team where it was my way or the highway. It was, hey, what do you got? Like, what do you got? You know, and everyone had a collective, you know, say as to like how we could combat things. You know, and that's a good leadership style, man. That's the that's the way to do it, and that's the way to get the most out of your team because you know a, a leader, what he does is he builds that team, right? He's supposed to build the team that supports him. So it seems like you did a good job at that. One hundred percent. You know, I had, had a great team, had a great great group of, of people that that really took on. We, you know, we, we we moved as a unit, you know, and it got to a point where the guy that was running the state for my division would call me on a Friday, every Friday night. He'd call me like. How was your week? What did you do? What? How could we take what you're doing? How can we, you know, implement in other words? Yeah, cascade yeah. that to the rest of the teams, you know. And, um, you know, it got to the point where, you know, um, there was like three bosses in between him. They all found out, and they're like, well, "Why is why does Lewis call you?" <laughs> like, I don't know. He, <laughs> doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't call you. <laughs> he calls me. You know, and and it got to the point where, you know, um, you know, it, it, we we won some awards. Um, you know, I got some of my people on my team, you know, some awards as well. And that's dope. Um, you know, it was time. It was, t- and I knew it was time for me, to, you know, to elevate to the next level, which was, you know, working for Centauri, you know, and I was there for about three, three and a half years, you know. So now what's Centauri when you moved up to there? What, 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 what's the difference between them and Santa Barbara? So the difference with Centauri is I was now managing eight of my former self. So eight, eight to nine division managers, right? Oh, okay. So eight to nine, you know, you know, atypical, 
you know, guys like me, personalities, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. hey, I know everything, you know? Did you struggle in that role? Like how Michael uh, Jordan would yeah. coaching a shooting guard, you know? I mean, did you did you find yourself in that kind of moments? At first I did because, you know, you're trying to assert yourself in in a um in a world where it's like you got all these atypical personality guys, right? Yeah. And they're like, "Hey, you know, a few, you know." And it's like, "Yeah, hey, no, a few, you know." And I had an instance, you know, a couple first month coming in, you know, like, "Who's this guy?" you know, and even though, you know, I left and they all knew who I was, you know, I had one guy call me, like, hey, I just put you down for a couple cases, you know, uh, you know, go ahead and send them to me. I'm like, hey, bro, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> like, come on, I ain't, I ain't a punk like that. You know what I mean? Like, you got a strong arm in and, now, man. And, and we had it out at first, you know, believe it or not. And and to, to the point where, you know, his his boss would come, came to me and I called a meeting and we sat down. He's like, hey, you know, like, let's let's break bread on this. Hey, as long as he understands that, you know, he just can't call me and put me, put my name on some things, you know, like, Hey, I got, I got a budget. Hell yeah. And, um, turns out like him and me, me and Anthony, we're still good friends to this day. Like <laughs> him and I are like great friends, but we, and we chuckle about it. Like, hey, remember that time you did that to me? He's like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I was tripping. Oh yeah. I was tripping. But you know, Anthony and I, we're good friends now, but yeah, yeah. Um, it took some time, you know, when, when you work in an environment like Southern wine spirits, um, it's very, um, it's very dog eat dog, you know, and I bet you in the Los Angeles area too. Oh, LA, LA is like, it's, it's the Mecca, right? Yeah. Like, um, you know, um, they, they, you know, most of the marketing dollars for Centauri goes to Los Angeles. Like I would say 80% of the dollars really? go wow. to LA. Um, just the trend, the trends, you know, when it comes, I'm talking my world, cocktails, beverage, right? Um, uh, design, you know, on premise, right? That's that's what I'm I'm talking about. So you were also implementing cocktail menus and things of that nature too. Yeah, uh, a little bit of both, right? Like when you work for a company like Centauri, um, you have you have the best, right? You have you have the best whiskeys on the planet. You have the best Japanese whiskeys on the planet, and you have the best beverage directors calling you. Like they're calling, like, hey man, like who are you? Like I need you to come in and meet with me. And I, at first, like I, I would meet with all of them, right? Because you know I'm the new kid, and I want to I want to make you friends. You want to build that rapport yeah, with them yeah, too, absolutely. yeah. Absolutely, you know I don't want I don't want anyone to hate me. I want I want to do the best job I possibly can, you know. But a year, two years into it, I'm like, all right, dude, like, <laughs> who are you? What do you want? Yeah. You know, all right, this is what you need to do. Blah 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 blah. You know, and if you're not doing this, then this there's is, nothing this, I can do for you. This is not this is this is not non-discussion, right? Yeah. Um, you know, at, and at that time, like I, I'm calling on Dodger Stadium, I'm calling on Staples Center. You know, I'm calling on the who's who, you know, I'm facilitating bottles, you know, for, for 50 cent. I'm facilitating bottles for, for Justin Timberlake. I'm facilitating stuff for all these like celebs at this Damn, point. So how does that happen? So 50 cent is calling up, is calling up Mark and being like, his, yo. His agency's calling because at the deal we had, we had a deal with him with Effin and Effin Vodka was in, was in my portfolio and his manager, Mike would, would call the brand team and say, Hey, we need 10 cases of X to this place. And we're going to, we're going to, you know, he's got a show at this place and we want it backstage. This is what he wants. This is how he wants it. This is what time he wants it. This is who it is. Now, does 50 Cent really want that or is 50 Cent getting, getting FN Vodka because he signed a $500,000 contract with FN Vodka or... Yeah. yeah, you know, I doubt I doubt he's drinking effing. It's but. a rider, and someone else is paying for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's there for it's there for visual more than one hundred percent. You know, yeah. and uh, it was something that obviously internally up top was was struck, and you know, I, I'm the guy you know that was there to you that know, facilitates for, the deal. One hundred percent. You know, I'm the closer that kind of goes and makes it happen and oh, makes yeah. sure it's there and talks to the GM or the, you know the Jason of the place and say, hey, this is how it's going to go. He's going to arrive at X amount of time. This is how he wants it. This is this is the ice. This is the cups. This is everything. Make sure everything goes smooth. And you know we're good. 
Right. So that's tight. That would happen. That would happen probably, you know, my first year out the gate, probably, you know, six, seven times, different places, playhouse, you name it, all these other places, you know. So having to deal with some of these owners on a regular basis, that 50 was coming in and I need to get this done, that done. You know, it was definitely a challenge for me, you know, especially living in Camarillo and then having to drive all the way up and yeah. going to some of these places that I probably would never go into, you know, at night. But <laughs> at the end of the day, it was it was it was an experience, you know, for me. And, um, you know, at that point, it was I was doing a lot of growing personally uh-huh. and a lot of growing professionally, you know, and uh, being in, in situations like that, you know, allowed me to, like you know, really kind of like see there's certain things. All right. This is this. All right. That's that. Oh, that's cool. Like, awesome. OK, we're out. Boom. Later. Oh, you know, yeah. So. But yeah, it was cool. It was definitely something that I'm glad I did. But a lot of exposure, and like you said, it's, yeah. it's experiences too. I mean, and if you if you can deal with the customer service world of trying to make somebody like Fifty Cent or a celebrity of that that nature happy, then you know how to do it right. I 100%. mean, you're you're learning yeah. what type of uh, an environment that you need to set for your client or customer. Customer, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that was fun. Um, done some other cool stuff too. You know. Um, Facilitated a bottle of Yamazaki 18 for uh, Beyonce and Jay-Z at one point. So now I fancy myself a little bit of a whiskey connoisseur, but I've never even heard of I've never even heard of of Yamazaki. Um, so school school more whiskey uh, layman like to the game is is the creme to the creme when it comes to when it comes to Japanese whiskey, right? Like um, there's that movie with uh, Bill Murray and Scarlett Johansson. Um, lost, kill, in, kill lost in translation, okay, right? Uh-huh. I really feel like that movie like really put Japanese whiskey on the map. But Japanese whiskey has been going on for since the early 1900s, right? It just came here, you know, because you know as Americans we see things like oh we want yeah, it, we now, want right? It. You yeah. know, and so many phone calls came after that, right? Even though it was around forever. What's the difference? What's the difference between Japanese whiskey and American whiskey? <sighs> you know, Japanese whiskey, man. You know, a lot of it's you know the malt, of course, and they're just they're just the commitment to excellence when it comes to Japanese products, anything, right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, um, there's not a lot of bottles, right. So, you know, it's very, take a small batch to the next level. Uh, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that they, 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 they only produce so much. And, and when it, when it comes to Japanese, they have, they have a, they have a model and they stick to that model. And they're not going to say, hey, let's make more because the Americans want more. No. Just, that's what we made. We hit our numbers that's and it. that's it. You know, this is all these steels can produce. This is what we're going to do. This is our model. This is how we're going to do it. And that's it. It'll be back next year. Exactly. You know, get, get on the train next year. You know, sorry for this year. So uh, when it comes to Yamazaki 18, I mean, obviously this, this liquid's in the barrel for 18 years. comes out and it's just this highly coveted <laughs> bottle of whiskey, right? And it, it's status, right? It's like uh, it's like Dom Perignon de Cru or 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 whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And I happen to have this bottle in my portfolio along with the the twelve year and and a bunch of other stuff. Where is know? this stuff kept? Is it kept in like a whiskey safe somewhere? Yeah, I mean, it, it's kept <laughs> is it, it, it the back of somebody's house or safe. what? It's kept on an Excel sheet, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that we, you don't even know where it's at. <laughs> that we manage, right? Oh yeah, I mean that's why, you know, that's why beverage directors they hated me or yeah. they loved me, right? And you know, my my partner now, who's my partner at Rocks. Like I'll tell a story about that a little bit later, but um, yeah, we had we had we had it down to a science, like who got what, and and it was based off business, right? Whoever got you the most business back, you gave I mean, them the well, best product. Yeah, or? I mean it's kind of like you scratch our back, we'll scratch yours, you know. And you know, there's there's a there's a remedy to how we how we do things, right? Like you know, uh, if you supported the the portfolio as a whole, you know, we we would we would we would. You know, honor that. Yeah, absolutely. Like it was, it was, a, it was a great discussion to say, hey, yeah, absolutely. This is what we have. This is what we can allocate, and we would, we would make that happen, right? Um, 
so in the case of this, you know, we get this, we get, we always get we would get a phone call, right? Um, and this phone call came from I forget who it came from, but it was like, hey, we got two v, two VIPs. Um, they're going to be at the you know this place, and we need you know we need a bottle of Yamazaki AT. And we're like, ha, <laughs> sure you do. <laughs> so we're like, all right, well, with the VIPs, you know, and and you know, because we got I got I got to bubble this stuff up to my boss, right, and course he asks all these questions and i'm like i don't know who it is like i'm like go back and ask you know the, you know yeah. you know, homeboy who it is right and so i'm like hey adam like who you know who, who the vips you know yeah. and he's like oh it's you know it's jay-z and Beyonce. I'm like, oh. oh damn i'm like oh okay like <laughs> that's capital vip <laughs> you know right all right be like hey brian like just, like what do you what do you want to do and he's like well first of all we don't have a bottle like we don't have a bottle to give out you know so i need you to call i need you to call seven grand which is next door to this place I need you to convince them. Is that a bar or something? A yeah, hotel? Seven, Grand's, okay. Seven Grand's like the mecca of whiskey okay. downtown Los Angeles. Oh, okay. It's like, you want to you go like whiskey, like heaven, like you go there. All right. You know, and What's it called? Seven Grand. Seven Grand. Seven Grand. Seven Grand. That's that's the spot, you know. And um, so we had a call there and, like, hey, buddy, you know, how you doing? You know, how's it going? You know, hey, you know. I borrow your bottle of 18 year and he's like what? <laughs> 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 you loaned it to me. Like, I had to, had, to, had to work hard to get this thing. Now you now you want right? now you want to take it from me? Look, man, here's the deal. Like I'll, I'll make a solid. Like, here's what we need to do. Like here, here's who, here, here's what's going towards. Oh, okay, you know. So I mean, after after we had to give up a little a lot to to do it, but you know, it's 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 that level of service that we had. You know, to get to that point. And they knew you were good for the promises you were making them, too. We had to, of yeah. course. You know what I mean? And the, the liquor industry is such a small, it's such a small world. Just I would imagine how the radio industry yeah. is, right? And if, if you're, you're not on point and you're burning bridges, like, the word gets, your name gets yeah. out pretty quick. And that's you it, know? you're out. And, and and I always had the ability to have, you know, create rapport right away. I mean, I feel like that was one of my, well, one of my strengths, right? With my team, my bosses, you know, my, my customers, you know. Um, you know, again, being a kid from Oxnard, you kind of learn, you learn like how to like, how you, 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 you got to navigate the man, room, man. You know, you got an Oxnard quad, right? High, high school. You got, you got, you got the brothers over here. You got the surfers over here. Yeah. You got the bandards to the right. You got, you got all the, you know, the, the cholos over there. And I was able to kind of like mingle with all of them, right? You know, being, being a jock, you know, and, and, and going to our, our land of Guadalupe as a kid, you know, I knew all these, I knew all the cholos, my dad surfed. So you're around all the demographics your whole 100%, life. So, yeah. You know, and so I, I kind of took all that with me, you know, corporately and applied it. Right. Yeah. And I was able to kind of mold myself to whoever the customer was and how he, how he interacted, you know, and I feel like that was one of my strongest suits, you know, as a, as a corporate, you know, manager, managing a territory, a portfolio, you know, and then, you know, in some cases, you know, you know, people, right? And, oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, we, needs to say, we got it, we got it executed. Got we the took, bottle for, uh, we, for took care of, we took care of them and, and, and that was it, you know, and um, that, that was like one of, one of the cool, one of the cool highlights of, you know, working at Centauri and. Uh, there was a couple other ones, you know, that we can get into. But. So you scored, so you scored a bottle for for Jay and Beyonce from Seven Grand. Um, you've helped out Fifty Cent in the club and things like that. So those are some like high clients. What about like uh, what was one of the most challenging like uh, installs or you know cocktail menus for an actual venue or a hotel or restaurant that you had to install? Yeah, you know, um, such a good question. Um, I, I can't really remember one off the top of my head, but. You know, a lot, a lot of the challenges I had, you know, working for Centauri was not being able to get everything to everybody, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, the challenge is when you have a, such a great portfolio like Centauri, 
in some of the brands within it. Like you just couldn't, you didn't have enough to give to everybody, you know, and you always would get, come on, Mark, you know, I'm just like, bro, like, like I'm not holding out on you, man. This my pitcher's only a certain size. Is. I got to keep everybody's you know, glass full. And, yeah. And, and my, my partner was one of them, you know, and, um, you know, he called me for like three months and for three months I didn't call him back, you know, cause I was already like two and a half years into it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was already jaded at that point. Yep. Right. And he, he'll laugh and we'll tell a story all the time. And, and so I didn't call him back and he just, but he just kept calling. Man, this dude's not gonna go away, is he? Persistent, <laughs> yeah, persistent, right? <laughs> and uh, so finally, like, I, I, I came, I, I, we set a date, and I ended up canceling on him, but he kept calling, and I finally showed up to his place in Culver City, and he walks me through his, you know, his back bar, and he like gives me the whole tour, and this is what we're gonna do, and I need you, and I'm like, whatever, bro. I'm like, all right, man, what are you gonna, what do you, you want to do, man? Like. I see all the stuff back here that's like from a competitor, like, you know, you got to get rid of all this stuff and you got you to do this, this, and this. And at the time, I don't know if you've ever met Ken, my, my other partner who, who's with me now at Rocks, you know, the Korean cat, he, he walks up and he's like, nope, we're not doing that. You know, Ken was very <laughs> short. Ken, Ken's, Ken's super short. Like, and, and, and even, even now people are like, what's wrong with that guy? I'm like, he's just like, that's just, he's just short. You know, that's, that's how he is, you know? And Ken's like, nah, we're not doing that. Like not doing that. Not going to happen. You know, and he walks out, puts goes goes to his back, and Chris like kind of looks at me. He's like, "I'll work on it. No worries." You know, typical <laughs> Chris. Even though I know him now, like, got it. You know, so you know, we, we kind of walk through things. You know, and I leave him. Like, hey man, these are a couple things you need to do, and that's it. And he calls me. Hey, they're done. Like, come back. You know, so I came back, and I came back with the wife. You know, bring the wife. You know, and little did I know, Chris is like, you know, he's like swooning me, puts me in like, gives me the nicest table, right? Sits me down, starts bringing out all these apps out, you know, and he takes us to the back because they had like in the back, they had like this like little speakeasy. And we had a good night, right? Okay. So, I, so I, you know, I leave, I leave that night. Well, those guys are nice guys, you know? <laughs> maybe I should have. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should all that. I'm like, all right. So then I, you know, I ended up, ended up helping them with some allocation stuff, you know, and, and, but I remember because, you know, Ken was such a, you know, you know, uh, you know, you know, yeah, you know what? Just, I, I was like, you know what? I go, hey, I need you to take three cases of uh, of this Cruzan rum. And Chris like looks at me like, really? And I'm like, yeah, you do. And, and to this day, Ken's like, man, that shit's still back there. He's yeah. like, you're going to be stuck. I'm like, yeah, because you're a dick. You know? You should have been such a dick, right? You should have gave it a second. Like, uh. Ken, like, even to this day, Ken still like, he, he like does not let me forget about that. That's hilarious. But Chris was like, yeah, I'll get rid of it. I got, I got this. I got this. That's like, hilarious. But, you know, um, you know, it, it worked out, you know. Now they're with me now, you know. And Would you guys supply like even larger venues like uh, stadiums, things mm -hmm. like that? Things of that nature, would they oh, be like so, your legit like actual client? Yeah, so two of the biggest projects I worked on. Um, one, I, I literally saw the LAFC stadium from the ground up. Built. Oh, really? Um, Sick. We we were touring that stadium. You That's know, a badass stadium too. One hundred percent. Like I, I I mean, as I would describe it to people then, I'm like it's stadium done right. And we literally saw it from the ground up, and that's how long the bidding process takes, right? That's how long. Uh, us suppliers or any liquor reps are on top of something like that before it's built. You're bidding yeah. on it because if you if you if you go to a site like that, you'll see trailers, right? And those trailers inside those trailers are beverage they're beverage guys. You know, Jason's in there, Bumble's in there. Like he's like, oh, this is what we're gonna do. This is how we're gonna do it. This is our portfolio. And yeah, it, yeah, and they're they're setting up. You know where things are gonna go. You know, all they're looking at plans and they're they're tweaking things. You know, because it's it's a process, right? Because mm -hmm. if you walk that stadium, there's so many different like food and beverage venues, right? That these guys are in charge of. So. These guys come to us and say, hey, what do you got? You know, this is what we want to do. Obviously, you know, 
you have to know the demographic, right? You don't go in there. Oh, we're gonna do. Uh, we're gonna do this. You know, everybody wants to drink Budweiser. Yeah, yeah, Budweiser. Yeah, this is the Latino yeah, type of stadium. Yeah, we right? need like, we need some Modelo-based products. We need yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, so there's a science right? to it. So you gotta come correct, right? So all right, we're gonna want to do hornitos. We want to do this. We want to do that. And then we all we you know we brought in our mixologist guy, and he you know he breaks down all the cocktails that that we feel that they can produce you know on a regular basis during the stadium hours, right? Yeah, you can't make something too extravagant. Right. You want to be quick. So we would go back, you know, I think I would, we would return there 10 times, you know, 10 or more times, you know, working with the team there. And at the time, you know, uh, these times, each time there's something different to the stadium, things are starting to rise, you know, and next you know, boom, stadium's up, right? And these guys are no, mo- no longer in these mobile, mobile, you know, um, you know, trailers. They're now they offices. They offices now. Yeah. And they all, we all know each other by name. And it's boom, like here it is, you know, and there's a sponsorship deal that we threw down for Tornitos and I believe it was, I think it was Effin at the time. Um, and, and we just kind of like, we had a certain, we had a certain grip on what was going on in there. And, you know, we had, you know, we had passes, everything. Right. And, uh, it, you know, we wait, we were there for the first game and it was great. Right. We had, you know, we had, everything was VIP. I mean, I miss those days, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, it was nice, you know, and you go there and there's, you know, there's Will Ferrell, there's, you know, there's, um, the, you know, the talk show host, the English guy, I forget his name, but they're all these celebs are around. Right. And yeah. you're, and you're, you're there. They're like, they kind of look like, what, what do you do? I'm like, I'm the booze guy, you know, like whatever, like, you know, I'm, I'm fine, you know, um, important guy, but yeah, you know, um, and those were the you know, times like that. Right. Um, Dodger Stadium was another one, right? My job, big job, right? Um, Dodger Jeff, Stadium is insane. That one, that one, that one was, I think, was the one that just like, all right, I'm done. Uh, <laughs> that um, one ran you out. It was a lot of work, you yeah, know. Um, I bet, man. And you know, running running a territory, managing eight of my former self, a hotel team, artisanal division, and then having like two kids at home, and you know, living in work, you know, living in Camarillo, driving back and forth, being a like, husband, being a father, yeah, all, it's all tough, the above. Man. Like it's tough. none of that ever like gets you know put into the, the you know the pot, right? It's you like know, oh, that's, that's just, the stuff that's, you want to do. That's the yeah. stuff that you just have to deal <laughs> yeah. with, right? And um, so here I am, right? The Japanese just threw down five million dollars for Jim Beam. In tandem with the Dodgers, right? So I'm sitting in all these meetings, right? All these like renderings, everything. So Jim Beam made a bid, then like it had. Hey, we want Japanese Jim Beam. love baseball. Oh hell they yeah, they love baseball. If you watch a Red Sox game, there's you can't you can't miss it, right? Yeah. Jim Beam's everywhere. Well, the newest Yankees Japanese team. star outfielder just uh, uh, put his name in the hat for the MLB. So I'm right? hoping my Metsies uh, take a look at it, kick the tires on him. But yeah, continue. Yeah, Japanese love. They baseball. love baseball. Yeah, right. And they and they love highballs, yeah. right? And Oh, uh, so highball is like a Japanese style drink then. Yeah, high, highball is like it's like two ounces of whiskey, highly carbonated soda water, right? Ice. And that's, that's it. That's it. It's the most simplistic cocktail on the planet. Twist of lime or, Sound, or lemon. Sounds right? yummy. And and they 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 made these highball machines, right? These machines is kind of like a like a freezer that, you know, just kind of like it's like a conveying freezer that basically shoots up highly carbonated water, hooks up to the water line. And then it takes this water and it highly carbonates it, right? Hmm. My job was to get seven of these machines throughout Dodger Stadium. And I had to, I had to, you know, look for location. Location had to have power. Location had to have water line, right? So I'm scouting all these, like, places throughout. I mean, I literally walked every inch of Dodger Stadium. <laughs> and, you know, obviously you want this, you want the machine in a high traffic area, right? Yeah. So you're... 
sometimes you're trying to put a square peg through a round hole, right? And we identified behind right field was was where it was going to go because we we were going to build like this massive, you know, you'll see it now. If you're, it's there. I, I actually saw the high, but like it was like right when I walked in through the ticketing thing, there was a line of people like calling you over to try it and stuff like that. So, so that rendering that you see where Dodger Stadium is now, I, yeah. I saw that. Almost like my third year. I mean, almost what four years ago, five years ago. Wow, no shit, that's I mean, awesome. We, we saw. I mean, they they put it up on the screen, like and like you see this whole thing, and you know, then I left Centauri and then I returned. I'm like, oh man, this looks great, you know. But going back to that, my job was literally to put these machines throughout there, throughout the stadium, and then we identified identified right field, and we identified another place inside inside so that you know people that were VIPs could actually get it as well. Up top. Uh, it's up top, almost like on the first base, first base side, up top, right? Uh, and then we had right behind right field. So, you know, calibrating the machines, you know, training the staff, you know, making sure they had enough bottles, making sure they had every aesthetics, right? Yeah. The, the aesthetics at that level um, is more is more important because, you know, then, then the execs come in, right? And they want to be able to see, you know, the balls in the back bar. They want to see what they paid for, you know, all the distribution points that they paid for, right? So... And you would think if we, we paid for it, it would be easy to get it in there. But sometimes it's not the case, you know. And so you have to work with the Jasons that are the GMs in there. And like, hey, man, this is what we need. We need we need this, we need that, we need this, and we need this. And we need to make sure every day there's a game that these four variants are out without fail. You know, so Tough to J- do, man. Jason can't be at all these, like, bars at the same time, right. right? So you have to train the staff that are there on a daily basis. And a lot of times I would bring, like, like little trinkets, and I would I – would, Always bring something. Like I would never ever go to that stadium empty-handed. It's like how you know, like today, and that's just how how we grew up. Like my mom, you'd never go to someone's house empty-handed ever. And and the chef and who's still a good friend to, to this day. You know, every time I go to Dodge Stadium, he's always he always meets me. You know, and and I never ask him to take care of me, but he always does. And that's good because you were that type of person. Yeah, I mean, five years later, right? And I'm still seeing a lot of these people when I do go back to Dodge Stadium. Like Mark, what's up? You know, and. But I never, ever went there empty-handed, ever, right? And so implementing these machines, you know, getting everyone up to speed. And, you know, finally, you know, um, you know, we, we, we launched it, right? Stadium, you know, the season came, we launched it, and, and, and it went well, right? And opening day, like, for some reason, like, I had, I had my um, – I had the time wrong where opening day was, was you know, earlier in the day. Oh, shit. <laughs> I get this phone call from the GM at the time, Dan. He's like, bud – where are you? And I'm like, I'm like, I'm at home. And he's just like, bro, like we, we opened in like an hour. Like, where are you? Like, where, where's the ice? You know? And I'm like, oh, no. I'm like, oh shit. And like, I popped up, grabbed this ice. Cause I had like, if you look on my IG, I had like this logo to ice that was like burned in and it said LA on it. Right. Okay. And, um, he's like, bud, he's like, call me when you get here. You know? And I had a pass, everything. You know, I just had to go through a certain line and they would wave me right through. Straight to the front. Yeah. I never, I've, I've, I mean, I jumped in my <laughs> That's car. That's record time. Camarillo to LA I jammed down there so fast. <laughs> Boom. My badge. They let me through. And then I parked, you know, cause we had a certain parking lot where yeah. we parked all vendors parked, and he had a cart there waiting for me. And it was probably the fastest ever. Like I've ever gotten in the Dodger Stadium <laughs> ever. And I probably ever will. Cart gets me, tricks me all the way down. Like, like puts me through the back, everything, and I made it in record time. Yeah, you're coming and, in like and, and, and there was a lot. Oh, man. game, bro. Dude, I, I felt like it. I, <laughs> I filmed some of it, you know, because you know, one, I felt bad, and two, like you know, just a real moment. When do you get rushed into Dodger Stadium like no. a badass? <laughs> this you know? guy, right? Yeah. You know, um, but that was I was that was honestly my my bad, you know, it was, it was the weekend and like the weekend. I just obviously just got away from me. Yeah, 
And, um, you know, we were there. We got there on time. There was a line and popped out these cubes, right? And they had LA on it. And everyone's like, oh, it's badass. You know, like, oh, let me get one of that cocktail, you yeah. know? And so <laughs> yeah, all, all the homies It worked saw, out, yeah. It worked out great, right? And, and um, you know, you know, again, you know, making sure I was there, making sure customer service was always on point, you know, especially at an account like that, you know, like yeah. you don't, you, don't want, you don't want that guy calling your boss and say, hey, bro, like, get this guy off my account. <laughs> yeah. And that just, you know, That's just. bad news. No, no, you don't want that. But it worked out. It was great, you know, and, um, um, you know, it was definitely sad when I left Centauri because I was like, Dodger Stadium was like one of the, the accounts that, you know, I managed. You dream of, especially when you grow up here. I mean, it gets no bigger. There's no bigger venue. I mean, maybe Staples Center, but, you know, I mean, they're like hand in hand, you know? So, I mean, yeah, that had to be almost a I dream mean, come true in a way. Yeah, I mean, being a baseball player myself, you know, having to watch, you know, um, practice, you know, them practice and hit. Yeah. You know, um, you know, being there, being in the elevator with Rich Hill one time. You know, oh, and, shoot, yeah. You know, because I'd get there at the same time the players would get there. The players get there at the 7 o'clock game, they get there at 11. And I would be there around 10, 11, right? And the same door I would walk through, the same door they uh, they would walk through. Um, I know exactly where they park, everything. And there's only two elevators in, in Dodger Stadium. Everyone knows that. There's only two elevators. And the bottom floor is obviously where where they you know the dressing room is players and things like that. Go, um, yeah. So they enter in the same hall that I would enter in from the vendor st- standpoint. And so I'm in the I'm in the elevator with Rich Hill. I got my badge on, says Jim Beam on, my name on there. And he like looks at me, he's like, Oh, Jim Beam, huh? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like yeah. And he's like, I'm like, well, good luck, to, good luck today. And, and he, he kind of looks at me, he's like, Yeah, okay, cool. Thanks, man. You know. And, and and then the doors open and he walks out right and I'm like oh that was cool Rich yeah. Hill man like right on you know uh, Kershaw in the elevator with Kershaw in the elevator with uh, Utley um, I hate Chase know. Utley uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> hate Chase Utley I can't escape the guy I I, I grew up I, I I grew up on the East Coast so I'm a huge Mets fan so obviously I naturally hate the, I have a hatred for the Phillies so Chase Utley was an incredible player for the Phillies forever. Then he comes over to the freaking Dodgers, and what does he do in the playoffs? A dirty slide into my guy, Ruben Tejada, breaks his leg on our way to the World Series. Who knows if we had Ruben Tejada, not that he was an offensive powerhouse or anything, but messed up the team chemistry, we ended up losing the World Series. So, so not a fan of Chase Utley, but not a fan you, of Chase You had a great Mark. explanation for yeah, that, too. Yeah, right? That one's, but it's right. that good, one's seared. Good, good ball player and just not a fan of the guy. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But with that being said, though, I mean, your your morals took you super far in the wine and spirits industry, and they're already off to a hot start with the restaurant. You know, you like I said in the intro, you're the owner and founder of Rocks and Dram. So when did you decide to switch over to <sighs> owning your own restaurant? You know, uh, one, I have to tell a story with that, you know, so it kind of like gives meaning to, you know, while I was at Centauri, you meet these like badass like bar chefs, right? So the exposure that I had to a lot of these places and you know, I would sit at the bar just to come sit that now. And they're like, all right, I got that. I got you. And five cocktails would come out with food. Right. And nice. I come home and my wife's like, how was your day? And I'm like, where am I blown? Like, yeah. like I had this, 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 this. She's like, I want to go. You know? So finally I started introducing her to some of these guys in, in some of these places. And, you know, after years of just doing this, I'm like, wow, you know, and then come home and we go out on the weekend here and, and she's like, wow, there's nothing, there's nothing like this out there. I'm like, I know. Yeah. Like this is, you know, this is, this is eye opening, you know? And, you know, um, there was a spot like close to our house. I live in Cam. And, and I've never had more shaken old fashions in my life. Right. And if you're a cocktail head, like, you know, that is like, that's not, that's not the way to do it. No, <laughs> it, it, it's like sacrilegious. Right. Yeah. So 
I'm in this place one time and I'm I'm there with the sales call with the, with a fellow with a DM and and I order an old fashioned. And I hear this like shaking, like no paying any mind to it. And then cocktail comes and sits on my table and I'm like, what is that? And there's like pull, there's orange pulp, but there's like a bright red oh, cherry just just pulverized. And I'm like, look at Kenny, I'm like, bro, like you gotta fix this. <laughs> like that's not how you do an old fashioned. He's like, Don't say anything. Like looks at me, don't say nothing. And I'm like, all right, man, I won't say anything. Like it's you for you to fix. So that's one. Same place. Number two, same same place, second time. Again, just for shits, I open I order an old fashioned. Sure, sure. I just hear this tick. I'm like, oh my god, they're doing it again. Doing it again. <laughs> so I go home and tell my wife, right? And I forget where I was at. Her and I. So she hears my wife knows everything. So we're at a, we're at a party one time, and someone's like raving about this place. And I look at my wife. I'm like, yeah, right. You know, and I'm like, whatever. Mm-hmm. And and we had we had a day off, right? And we had the kids. Somebody had the kids, and we went out. And she's like, let's go so and so. And I'm like, ah, I don't want. <laughs> I don't want to go there. And she's like, let's just go. We don't have limited time. We got to go. Like, we're, having, we're on a date, you know? We got to get back a certain time with yeah, the kids. I'm kids like, all right, yep. all right. So we sit in the corner, right? And she's like staring at me. She's like, what are you going to get? And I'm like, I don't know. Food-wise, I'll get this, this, and this. Like, she's like, what are you going to drink? And I'm like, ah, I think I'm going to have an old-fashioned. She's like, oh, you're, such, <laughs> you're such an ass. <laughs> and I'm like, hey. Um, so waitress takes the order. And I like I got a beeline to the to the bartender, and I'm like looking at this guy. I'm going like, "Yep, he just he just grabbed the tin. Yep, <laughs> he just grabbed the orange, and he just grabbed the bright red cherry." I'm like, "God damn it!" And then she looks at me. She just don't say anything. And I'm like, "All right, whatever." And I just he's like you see him. He's just digging into this thing. Oh, he's just I'm like, "Oh my god!" And he puts the ice in it, and he starts shaking it. And then she like waitress grabs it, puts it, and before she even puts it down, I'm, like, I'm not drinking that. <laughs> and she looks at me She's like what do you mean sir I'm like I'm not drinking that And she's like well, what's wrong with it I go, If you're asking me what's wrong with it You're part of the problem <laughs> And my wife, my wife like boom She hits me She's like stop And I'm like no They gotta know And the bar That time the bartender Is already like scooted down He's like sir Is there something wrong I'm like absolutely There's something wrong <laughs> Like you shook my old fashioned I'm sick This is the third time This place has done this I'm done I go I'll oh, take man. the check And we walk out And she's like that's it I can't go out with you anymore. We're done. You know, she's like, you're embarrassing. And I'm like, I'm like, they gotta know. That's the oldest cocktail in the book. Like, your plumber doesn't go and like mess things up. You know, he's got to know what he's got to do. Like the plum, right? I mean, electrician, everything. I'm like, this guy's a bartender. This is is the oldest cocktail in the book. You can go to any library for free and and it will tell you how to make an old fashioned. I go, I I don't get it. And she's like, you just got to do your own place. already." I'm like, you're right. That's it. We're, I'm doing my own place. That's it. That's where it started. That's where shaking st- old fashions, and that's where it started. And and my 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 beverage director, when I first opened Rocks, I'm like, hey man, I pulled him aside. I said, look, dude, here's the deal. I told him the exact same story I just told you guys. I said, look, there is one cocktail, one cocktail that I have that you we cannot ever mess up, and it is the old fashioned. This I gotta is- try the old fashioned at Rocks and Drams now. This is it, Big Rock. You know everything. You know, and I and, I, and he's like, I got you. You know, I got you. And, you know, and I'm like, look, man, like this is this is the foundation to our program because nobody in this town can do it right. And and by the way, if you're out there shaking your old fashions, you need to stop because it's it just it's just you can't. <laughs> How can you tell? You can't. You, you know, how can you tell? Because I'm not that good because I get old fashions in my favorite drink can, of order. Maybe I've been drinking, shaking old fashions. Maybe I don't even know, Mark. I, I don't know. The old fashioned anywhere. If you build up to any bar and you order an old fashioned. 
you can tell within within how that whatever that bartender does next, whatever that next step is, you can you either gonna stay or you're gonna run. Plain and simple. It is literally the gauge of how your your day is gonna go at that bar. <laughs> literally, and, and I do it. I do it deliberately because I want to know. Like, yeah. is this is this Are guy well trained? Yeah. Yeah. Is he on point or is he not? Like, yeah. am, how much money am I gonna spend here, and how long am I gonna stay here? Yeah. And, and, and if you know your craft, and and you're good at what you're doing, like you're gonna keep those butts in those seats. That's right. And and there's a lot of cats, you know, out there in LA, like. Like you're there, like you're all theirs. Like you're you're, you're there, and you you're there next morning. Like mom said, like next morning, you're like man, what did I do last night? Yeah, yeah. I'm like six hundred <laughs> in. But you know what? Like it's the experience, and that's the it was one, worth it. Yeah. One thing I learned at Centauri with working at the, with, with these guys, it was the experience that they gave me. So when I got home, my wife's like, "How was your day?" I'm like, "I can't I can't describe to you how my day was. I mean, it was it, that fucking it, good. It was that good. <laughs> like like they they literally walked me through." Like what this was, saffron, this, 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 that. Like how a chef would like walk through it, like on a dinner, and like I fell in love with that. And 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 as an Oxnard kid, an five kid, I'm like, none of that's happening down here. I'm like, why? Like so, I started asking myself the question, why? But one inherent thing that I did recognize when I was out in Los Angeles is that they were using our 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 products, our fruit, our our citrus, our everything, right? Like like Luminera. Ships lemons to, to, to Japan. Yeah. Like everywhere in the world. If you, I mean, Lumen, like Luminera lemons are like this gold standard for lemons. And here we are. They're right in our backyard. Yeah. Right in our backyard. How many cocktail programs can we walk through right now in the 805 and, and, and see how many strawberry cocktails are on, are on menu right now? It's the number one exporter crop here. I was going to say, my wife's always pissed when she goes to the store and she has to get strawberries from who the hell knows where they're from. And then the best strawberries are right down the street. And it's yeah. like we're exporting them to everybody else because they want them almost more than we do or something along those yeah, lines. And, I, and I, feel like, I feel like there was a massive hole. Like, and, you know, as a salesperson, yeah. I'm taught, I was taught at a very young age to look at holes. And I saw a very massive hole that needed to be, that needed to be vacated and, 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 or, or filled. Mm -hmm. And... There's no strawberry cocktails. There's no. There's no. There's no emphasis on citrus. You know. There's. There's. There's very. Very. Very little craft programs at the time. I started. You know. I started concept sliding rocks and drams. Right. And I'm going. This is nuts because these guys do it. You know. Odium's doing it. You know. Uh, you know. Alex is doing it. Adam's doing it. You know. And I'm going like, why? You know. So I started asking myself. You know. Started manifesting rocks and drams. Right. And. I'll go back to my partner, you know, who I who I dissed for like the th first three months. You were flaking on him. He he became like Chris and I became. We became attached to the hip. Um, you know, when you work for a company like Centauri, you know, you have dollars, and you have to you have to have find find you you find someone like an agency to help you execute. And Chris was my agency guy, right? Like we we did we did LeBron James's first his first ever party. You know, Damn, when, when he became tight. a Laker, right? And Chris helped me execute that. I I worked with with LeBron James's crown, you know, agency, which was Crown and Conquer, and we went through like for a month, like what their do's and don'ts were, what they wanted, how they wanted things, the colors, everything. Right? FN vodka, uh, Cravassier, believe Cravassier, it or not. Cravassier, yeah. Cravassier threw some dollars down. For, that sounds like a king move. I like that, Bron. Yeah, Cravassier threw some dollars down for for a party at the Highlight Room. Nice. And um, you know, we you know as 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 the person in charge of, you know, making sure those dollars went correctly, I, I needed to make sure that, you know, aesthetics, cocktails, everything, you know, branding was on point. And um, I knew- What kind I, of a cocktail do you make with Cavassier? Yeah, you can make so many. Like, um, you, you can make an old-fashioned. I'm not exactly, not exactly sure what they made, but, you know, at the time, 
So you can make like a cognac based old fashioned. Uh, you can do whatever. You can do you can do a million things with cognac, right? Um, you know, outside of a cognac and coke, right? Uh-huh. And a place like Highlight Room in Hollywood, you know, um, you definitely had to elevate, you know, some cocktails. Uh, I, I don't remember per se what yeah. we did, but I knew I knew there was some definite mixology in, involved. High end mixologists involved, and, yeah. And Chris, my partner, was was the one that came up with these cocktails. Dope. You know, so we we walked through three cocktails, three aesthetic different cups, three different types of ice that we you know, and then three different types of garnishes that go with those three types of cocktails. And then we, we you know we put it on a card and make sure that you know everyone that saw it, whoever was there, Fox or whoever was there, you know, able were able to see Cravassier and then the cocktails, right? Beautiful. Um, so I worked, I worked with Chris to execute on the ground and, uh, knowing that I wasn't going to go at that point, I was like, I'm not going to these things. I'm done. You know, I I did everything I needed to do from the back end. Chris, I need you to be on site. I need you to receive the ice. I need you to receive the cups, the garnishes, everything. Mm -hmm. And I need need you to make sure that the staff there are fully trained or on point so that this thing goes as smooth as possible. I need to make sure that, you know, the, the marketing tools that we have, whether they're pillows or or gobos, whatever it is that we need for crevasse and make sure they're all in place. Got you. No problem. You know, so we, we slid aside some time, you know, some money for, for Chris to, to handle all that. And he did. And that was like the first job Chris and I ever did together. And then we did, we ended up doing like a Cypress Hill event. We did a Travis Scott event. Uh, and then we did a couple other events, you know, just side gigs here and there. Yeah. And, you know, one day, believe it or not, you know, we're, we're at the dream hotel one day and um, I told him, I said, I, I'm out. Like I'm, I'm going, I'm out. Like, I'm, this is it, man. Like, uh, I, I'm going to do a bar and I'm going to do a bar in Ventura. And he's like, you do a bar in Ventura, call me. And I was like, All okay. Right. <laughs> all right. You know, so I, you know, I, I, I did it. I signed the lease, you know, and I called him. He's like, all right, man. Like I told you I would. And, uh, I'm coming down. So he would, he, you know, he drove the rest down is history, rest is history. He drove down and now he's my partner, right? You know, he's been holding things down for me, you know, for the last, you know, almost two years now. So that's how the partnership founded. Mm-hmm. How did the name get found? Rocks Man. and Drams. Oof. Tell me about the name Rocks and Drams. It jumps, jumps out as different. So, you know, what are the origins? You know, I was racking my, racking my head for a while. Like, what am I going to call, what am I going to call this bar? And, um, I just had my, my second son, Dominic, and I already had my first you know, Rocco. Um, and I just, I literally just took their initials R and D and rocks drams, right? Rocks is what we shake with. And drams is, you know, what we put, you know, a, a bottle of Yamazaki li- you know, 18 liquid in like that is, that is the technical glass that you put nice, good whiskey in really dram, right? Okay. Dram. And if you go to See, Ireland, ain't fancy enough, obviously Yeah, you go to Ireland, right. And you bail up to a bar and yeah. you, you don't want to bail up to the bar and say, so give me a shot. All right, Yankee. Yeah, all right, American. Yeah. Fucking guy out of here. <laughs> right? But if you build up to a bar in Ireland, you say, I like a wee dram of whiskey. I'm like, all right, yeah, you're cool. Like, you're, you're an American, but you you're not it. an asshole. Yeah, you're not an you asshole. Know? You know you're, you're an but American. You, you at least, yeah, you at least attempted to speak yeah. their language to a degree, right? You're an American you know? in Ireland at that point. <laughs> oh, man, I, I get so many questions. Like, what's a, what's a dram? I'm like, oh, my God. Like, you ever been to Ireland? Like... <laughs> Come on, get with it. Yeah, come on, let's go. You know, but I think I think it's it's great the name for branding purposes because you gave me a hat. A, a I think when you guys first opened, and I've worn that hat in Vegas, everywhere, and people always ask me like, "What's rocks and drums?" And it's, yeah. it's, it's, like it's money, a, and yeah. the swag is money too, man. That freaking fabric of the gray hat you gave me before the before the show yeah, is just, dope, dude. I love the swag, man. Yeah, just super particular about you know my 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 wearables, right? Yeah. And, um, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, just 
got that eye, you know, yeah. and I know what I want and I'm very particular in how I go about getting it right. You know, um, the glass the glasses that I have, we're going to make a cocktail here. I, I, um, I, I had these procured in China, right? Like, um, again, you know, just not being satisfied without what's out there, right? You know, stuff you can order online or Amazon. I'm like, ah, babe, I don't, I don't like anything that I'm seeing right, right, right yeah. now. And she's yeah. like, you know, so I, I contacted a guy through Alibaba, right? You know, which everyone feels like it's sketchy, but I, I did and, I landed on a design, right? It's I, not I, it's I, a legit company. It is, I, you know. And I worked on, a, I worked with the design on them, right? So, like these glasses here that we have at Rocks and I have here are are proprietary to to, to me, right? And uh, I'm the only one that really right now that has these. Right. Well, I'm gonna do my best, Ti. Yeah. Bring them out, bring them out. Let's see them. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's see them. All right, man. What uh, what are you gonna prepare for us? Uh, I right, try try to get the mic to you so we could hear what you're saying too. We're gonna do we're gonna do a boulevardier. Boulevardier. Damn! All right, I never had a boulevardier, so I'm stoked here. Right, so he's getting the goods out right now. Rocks and drams at the yellow table, baby. Yeah, you came prepared, man. You know, uh, you know what prepared. you're doing. Yeah. I came prepared. Cutting right? board, everything. I, I, I watched. I watched some of your past, <laughs> past <laughs> podcasts. Hell yeah! You know, yeah. I, I, again, you know, don't, never come empty-handed. <laughs> Bro, your mom taught you well. <laughs> I knew mom we, taught we, you we, well. We, we were gonna do something today. All right, so these three here are the are the basis for Boulevardier, right? You, I like a rye. Like I, I love rye, right? Because it's spicy, right? Uh, rye's more northern, like Canadian rye is always very good, you know. And of course, now as you get more down to the south, you're going to get more corn, right? More bourbon, right? Um, what most people don't know historically, um, rye was done. Rye was like rye was it back in the day. Like you got rye because everyone, you know, all the bootlegging was coming from from Canadian down, right? Canada down, and then of course the government started started incentivizing a lot of these people to come. A lot of these bourbon, or, you know, uh, distillers to, to go down to the south and use this crop called corn, right? Which is where you get, <laughs> yeah, you get, you know, a lot, a of, lot of mash from and stuff like that, right? Exactly, yeah, right. Yeah. So, what we're gonna do today is we're gonna we're gonna do a boulevardier, right? So, three components: rye, vermouth, Campari, right? I brought I brought three glasses, right? Three glasses. So three, three glasses I just talked about. And by the way, all this is gonna stay here. So I'm gonna leave this here so you guys can enjoy this. Cause I don't. Oh, Jason will definitely Mark. enjoy it. I don't. Mark, you're I, don't amazing, Mark. I don't need this stuff. I got. I got one of those. I got one of those old school wooden globes that fold open. That's my whiskey bar at home in the cave. So it's like, dude, I, 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 I I'm blown away right now. Ah, uh, no, uh, come on. This, this is just hospitality you would get either at my house or rocks and jams, right? All right. So here we go. Right, so we got the we got our three cups, right, and then we got our ice, right. I, always, I talked about ice. I, I can do a whole ice. I'm gonna do a whole ice seminar, right? Do it, give it. Pull <laughs> me to the game on ice, All right, man. So ice, right? So ice here, right? So you want you want dense ice, like not that moon ice that you see at the house, right? <laughs> like you see moon ice at a, at a bar, you run. Moon like, ice. Tell me moon ice. Like you talking about just like the typical. <laughs> 
ice cube tray fridge. shape. Yeah, fridge stuff. run, okay. right. Like you, this is this is cold draft ice, right? So cold draft ice comes out of a machine called a Hosezaki machine, which we have at Rocks. Which most most bar programs, respectable bar programs, will have a a dense ice cube like this, right? Um, and this was a question that we would ask, you know, while I was at Centauri, like, what's your ice? What's your ice program? And it, depending on how they'd answer that, we're like, all right, we're not going to work with you. You know, because oh, so again, the ice alone had a ice, lot to do with it. Oh, absolutely. Right. You know, because again, you know, as I take this, as I take this whiskey, right. And I put it in, into this 90 proof, into this ice. What's this ice going to do? It's going to dilute it. Right. It's going to start melting. It's going to start melting. And then when you shake it, it's going to start. That's, why, that's what I'm saying. It was old fashioned, right? That's why I was so upset. So, so you, the guy just he shook, he took my 90 proof bourbon, shook the shit out of it, and now now it's like 85. I'm like, all right, man. So now I, I probably should have chose like a hundred some pro, yeah. proof bourbon, right? So yeah, no. All right, so Boulevardier, simplest cocktail on the planet, right? I like to do I like to do a little bit. It usually calls one and one and one, right? So one ounce of bourbon, one ounce of vermouth, one ounce of Campari. I want it rocks and dram style. I go a little bit higher. <laughs> I go a little bit higher. So we're going to do one and a half ounce. Right? Boom. Right? Done. And then we take our vermouth. Open this bad boy up. I should have already had it ready. So now when... So you got the bitters here. You got the vermouth here. What what exactly does that do to the cocktail? Is it just adding flavor or does it actually like break down the like alcohol prof- profile at all or no, anything like that? It's just that's flavor. Just flavor, right? Yeah. Men's everything together, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Campari, right? Campari. If you ever had Campari, it's a little bitter, right? But I love me some Campari. Right, so there it is, right? So one and a half. Sometimes I go two. I go two, one and one, but I ain't trying to kill you guys today. (laughs) Thanks, Mark. (laughs) All right, so we just do a little stir, right? Boom. All right, so Jay, I'm going to have you take take one of those cubes. Okay. All right, one of those cubes. And you put one in each one of these. All right. Right? And what is this drink called once again? Boulevardier. Tell you what, there's going to be some Boulevardiers going down at the Holmes house after this lesson, man. (laughs) All right, baby. It's the simplest cocktail, too. There you go. One. Right? This ice is legit, bro. I don't think I've ever seen ice this clear, dog. Like, seriously, you could see straight through it. Only way, only way, right? So, what kind of ice is that that he has? So this is uh, this is a company out of downtown Los Angeles called Penny Pound Ice, right? This is the same company we yeah. talked about Seven Grand earlier. In ice, we trust. This is the same same company. So this guy used to work at Seven Grand and, or within that group, and started producing ice just for the, their bars. And then you know, obviously, guys like myself and other beverage director caught on and like, hey man, can you put me on some of that ice? You know, because I like what you guys are doing. So these are cubes. There's there's spheres, and then there's like the you know there's uh, the spears, right? Mm-hmm. The spears are, are what we would use for for a highball, um, right? So this is it. This is literally like this is the cocktail. And if you you find me at Rocks and Dram, this is more than likely what I'm drinking. And we finally just put a co- we finally just put this on the menu, and we put this on the baller menu. So damn. Right, so again, you're right-handed or left-handed? I'm right-handed. So let me go right, right? So then we go up, right, boom, right? If you're left-handed, I, I would I would put it on the left side. So then, of course, everything we do, aesthetically pleasing, right? So we cut it so that when it goes in your glass, it looks like it belongs there. Voila. Dude. Mambo's next. Yeah, we got to wait. We got to wait so I can... Cheers properly, man, dude. So I'm gonna put a little bit more ice here. I'm just gonna grab it. Sorry, just grab it. Just grab it. 
right? And again, I'm not trying to kill mom because you know he's trying to work out tomorrow. <laughs> yep, that's right. That's right. He made the commitment. I'm actually going tomorrow too. I'm going back tomorrow. D is on my butt. He's like, where ha- where are you? So I'll be in the gym. Tomorrow. So have you ever have you ever uh, been into mixing drinks, making drinks too, or is this something you caught on? As I, I, a- do, I do it at home. Like I, you know, at the bar, like I let I let my guys do it. My guys are the professionals, you know, and I'm not trying to you know be in their way or trying to act like I'm like. I'm this like master bartender, you know. If you come to my house, I'm gonna, I'll make, I'm gonna make you a drink. But when it comes, when it comes to making money and being professional, like I, I let those guys do yeah. it. Leave it to them. I leave it to them, and, I, and that's and that was always the, that was always the arrangement, right? And that's like, a quality leadership uh, quality, man. Like that's my, an attribute. To stay have. in my lane. You yeah. Know? I mean, that's 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 my goal. My goal is always to stay in my lane and allow my guys do what they do. All right. So again, clear ice. Right. Aesthetics have to be there. That's the one thing that, that's the one thing that will always, will never falter at Rocks and Tramps. You know, it, it um, costs money, but at the same time, like, you know, I, I want people to leave there knowing that they had a good time. Right. And that, you know, we, we, we gave them everything that we possibly could. Right hand or left hand? Right. Well, you got to spend that money with confidence, right? I mean, scared money don't make money. So if you have confidence in the way you're spending it, knowing that you're going to get it back by, you know, showing people the right experience, uh, it's really not a risk. Mambo. Where's Jar? Thank you, sir. Yep. And then mine will be last, right? So, again, I'm going to have to let let Jason do this one. All right. All right. (laughs) Here we go. All right. All right. Here we go. All right. So. You got your base. I'll walk you through it. All right. All right. So you got your you got your your wider mouth there, mm-hmm. right? So get this up out for of me, you you just fill that bad boy to the top, right? All right. Fill it to the top. I'll get your I'll get your orange ready. Fill it to the top. So this is your your drink. Like this is my drink. Right your go to. This is my go to. This is the old fashioned, but this one this one I, I I think is more representatory of me. I just I love it. I could probably have like six of these. So you uh, you got in the business at uh, at twenty three. Twenty three. Uh, what what were you drinking at the time? Man, I didn't know much at twenty three. Beer. I was drinking beer. You know, and I when did, when way did, too long too, bro. Yeah. <laughs> when when did you discover the the good stuff? The short end. One and one. Uh, very very quickly. Of the short end. Uh, yes, all the way to the top. Um, very quickly. You know when you know uh, when you work for. Work for the company I worked for, and and then you work for the brand, the portfolios I worked for. You know, Mo, Mo, Hennessy was one of them, right? So Hennessy, Don Perignon, Krug, uh, Moet, uh, Vuquico, right? Uh, Hennessy, Kettle One, you know, Crown Royal, you name it, right? We we I was schooled to the game pretty quick, um, and then I jump over to Suntory, right? And you got Yamazaki, Baker's, Booker's, Basil Hayden, Knob Creek, right? Jim Beam, right? So. I kind of had I kind of had a pretty pretty good schooling on the creme de la creme and right. you know, within within the liquor world, right? And um, I, I felt very fortunate to be be a student, you know, learning about these portfolios uh, and and really you know being on the back end of of a lot of the launches, right? Like I, I drank Ciroc before Diddy drank Ciroc, right? right? Like Ciroc was one of those brands that my boss at the time like drank. And his directive to me was like, look, I drink Ciroc. Don't ever take me to a bar that doesn't have Ciroc. 
<laughs> and that was the directive. I'm like, oh, you got it, boss. No problem. He's throwing it. Right handed or left handed? I'm right handed all day. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, I drank Ciroc, you know, and so they bring us in this auditorium one day and we're, we're, we're in Orange County and in walks, in walks, you know, this, this guy. He, you know, P did it. I think it was Puff. Yeah. I think it was Puff Daddy at Puffy the time. At the time. Puffy. Oh, yeah, Puffy at the time. And they announced this partnership. And you were like, oh, all right. You know, and so we went from like not being able to sell Ciroc, you know, to not being able to have it in stock. Wow. And, and you know, then the flavors came out. And and then it got to a point where we couldn't we couldn't sell the Blue Dot, which we call Blue Dot. We couldn't sell the Blue Dot anymore because everybody wanted the flavors, yeah. right? Um, that's and, what he had in all the commercials. Oh yeah, and, and I remember, I remember we, uh, I remember getting hounded. You know, I'm um, put this away. Um, sorry. Oh yeah, we're about to try this. I remember getting hounded by my customers um, because I didn't have, I didn't have adequate supply. You know, and and you know that was one, right? And then. Um, I remember, I remember having uh, Pharrell. You know, I don't know if you guys remember. Pharrell had it. He had a brand real quick. It was called Cream. Oh it yeah, was, that uh, it pink, was like a pink really, bottle. Yeah, it was bad. What Nasty? was it like? A like it was a, like uh, like Nestle Quick. I think I think, I think it I, was I, bad. I think I still have a bottle of that they <laughs> they sent that they sent sent that over. Uh, you know what it reminded me of? Uh, did you guys ever taste the uh, the rum chata? Oh yeah, yeah. Yo, was, I can't fuck it, with rum chata, man. No way. It was bad. It, it was something like that. It was so bad. I think he ended up suing suing Diageo. Serious? It was that bad. It, it was like a flop, yeah. right? And um, I remember, I remember, I remember tasting that for the first time. I'm like, nah, nah, this isn't it. Like, this is bad. And this is a bad move. And it was so sugary. And when you would open it, you could only open it one time because it had like this plastic top. And accounts would start calling. They would call like, "Hey, like the, the top just like like twisted it and it like cracked and now it's open." And and I remember like just having to like replace a lot of like you know cream right. cream bottles around town because it just it was so sugary that that it, the, the caps would would get stuck and they'd break off. And uh, yeah, I mean, so Diddy, uh, who else? Le, uh, Pharrell. Um, I mean, we were drinking this stuff before everyone else was drinking it, right? And you know, Dom Perignon was was in was in our portfolio. You know, but you know, Dom Dom and Cristal being part of like you know rap, hip hop, right? How how important was that to to the liquor world? Because for a while, every time uh, artists would mention a certain brand, everyone would want it, and it even got to a point where some of the brands didn't want want their name attached to the yeah. artist so they created their yeah. own brands yeah you, you yeah. see that you're seeing you're seeing spawns of that right like cristal right cristal was was in every rap video right and then i think i think he came out the owner came out and he said i don't make this for those people yeah and yeah. i think jay-z was like fuck you yeah, like yeah. those people yeah like, a lot of people got in trouble for that and, i remember and, tommy hilfiger did the same tommy thing, hilfiger did the same thing right like, and now now born is you know jay-z's got his own champagne yeah. right you know um I make my uh, own Ace shit. Of spades right <laughs> yeah. so you know, um, there's another, there was another, you know, Tommy Hilfiger was definitely uh, that, you know, um, you know, Jay-Z, I don't know if you read the news now, you know, he's, he's trying to, you know, buy half of say right? You know, he's part of Bacardi, you know, um, you know, I, I think, you know, I think just from him doing Ace of Spades and then kind of him now going in the Cognac section, I think he kind of learned how to navigate that world a little bit. Um, yeah, I think Jay-Z's probably the biggest one right now that's really been able to like tackle 
the the liquor industry. But yeah, I mean, um, I mean, hip hop has played a huge, tremendous role in like a lot of the brand building, you know. And hundred percent, Diddy, Diddy with you know Deleon now, you know Ciroc because nobody drank Ciroc for Diddy. Right. I'm sorry, no. yeah, you, nobody drank. Well, nobody never even heard it. Never even heard French of it. French vodka, yeah. you know, vodka was made of grapes. Yeah. Nobody, nobody cared. I was drinking Smirnoff. Exactly so. right. <laughs> um, you know, so yeah, I mean, these guys, these these moguls had huge. Huge influence, you know, and I think I think the liquor world is now, you know, paid attention to because for for a while a lot of a lot of artists try to jump on it like you like you mentioned Pharrell and that was like a fail. Like how many fail. times did you see uh, uh, artists? I know, I know Dr. Dre at one point, you know, did one and failed. Yeah. Right, he, he he didn't, you know, he didn't have a good a good um, you know uh, uh, time with it. Um, I think Drake's another one that that mm-hmm. has has have seen some success. Uh, Virginia Black is his, you but know? it started happening with with even pop artists and mm-hmm. and, and country artists. It, it kind of yeah. expanded absolutely to, right. Yeah. You know, country artists. You know, the whiskey is is a very natural. It's a very natural thing, right? It's, it's a very natural songs, transition, right? right? Yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> right? Whiskey chicks and trucks, you know? Absolutely, so I mean, like, I'm in. Not? Like, you, you give me some whiskey tricks and yeah. trucks, I'm in. <laughs> you know? and, I'm, I'm with you. Um, but yeah, here, okay, Let's here. Let's salute real quick. I want to try this cocktail. I want to try it. Even though that ice is clear, I don't want to melt no more. There you go. Oh yeah! Damn, Mark, that is smooth. Yeah, a little chocolatey, a little bitter, right? Like a little orange. A little it's like orange the essence. perfect amount of bitter, dude. It just like barely lingers after your sip, bro. Yeah, man. See, like this. This or an old fashioned? What's Mark going for? I'm going for this. I'm going for this. Just just from the simplicity of it, right? I, I feel like an old fashioned, like the one you get at Rocks. You know, there, there's definitely a syrup that we work on. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not your regular syrup you get off the, off the you know the shelf. You know, there's definitely some love in that syrup. Mm-hmm. This, you know, is is more simplistic for me because I can just, you know, you saw how easy it was. To Do make. you ever use a rye in old fashioned? Because I hear some things like all day. Yeah, see, and then would you still use an orange or would you use a lemon? See, I've so because I, I prefer a rye whiskey too. <laughs> And uh, I, I was doing my research trying to figure out how to make a good old-fashioned at home, and I saw one suggestion that you should use lemon with a rye whiskey. You know, it really, it really depends on preference, you know? I mean, I, I think that's up to the operator. Yeah. You know, it really is. You know, do you, do you like the lemon or you like the orange? Try them I mean, both and then pick your favorite? Kind of. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, it's, it all depends on what, you, what you're looking for, you know? And, you know, it's, I think both are great, personally. Uh, yeah. It all depends on the mood. All right. you know? Give me yeah. the give, give me the Mark Valdivia combo at Rocks and Drams, right? Give me your drink and your eat from Rocks and Drams. <laughs> what are you having? Uh, Boulevardier. Drinking, Boulevardier. Uh, and a smash burger. Smash That's burger. I'm <clears throat> calling it. Yeah? That's it. Calling it a day and I'm out. Yeah, big big shout out to one of our our members at Persistence. Rachel went to Rocks and Drams <laughs> for her 40th birthday. Had an absolute blast, but uh. she's just like, Yo, the cheeseburger is the best cheeseburger I ever had in my life. So it's like you're doing the smash burger right for sure, Mark. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. We're you know we're really trying, we're trying, you know, and we're just we're just a couple guys, you know, had a dream, and you know we really just wanted to elevate, you know, what what was going on in Ventura, right? And and we know, needed it, you know. Yep. You know, Ventura's got to grow up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I said that in front of city council people, you know, on the day we opened, and you know, because we had a hell of a time. You know, getting through yeah. permits and everything. and Well, there's a lot of stuff here I don't want to change, you know? Like, you know, but, I mean, that part of it does need to change. Like you said, grow up in a way. 100%, you know, um, and, I, and, I, and I see it from both sides, right? You know, um, being an 805 kid and, and really seeing downtown um, where it is now from where it was, you know, um, 
I, I definitely understand, you know, there, there definitely are steps we can take to still keep it Ventura, which is, you know, small and quaint. But I really feel like there there are ways that, you know, we can bring in the right operators to make it the best it can be, right? And I really feel like we're, we're on that path. You know, you got Model Citizen that just came in. Um, they make a dynamic daiquiri cocktail. I mean, Yeah, they're going to be on the podcast later, I mean, and we actually went there for date night just the other night. Hey, it's, it's, you a know, great, it's a like, great place. They're a Mario daiquiri. I'm in. That's the I, move. I, I can get. I can have three of them. No I had problem. the old fashioned there. <laughs> Easy. I had the old fashioned there. It wasn't. It was, I don't think it was shaking. Right? No, it wasn't shaking. So okay. We're good. All right. Um, then you got you got Brandon and Misty over at Cocktail Trust. Uh, I saw you had the chef on. Yeah, we had Amanda on just the last um, podcast. You know, I, I love I love what Brandon and Misty are doing. You know, I know I know they got some you know some stuff coming up here very soon. I'm very excited for them. You know, my my goal as an operator as an owner was to see change. You know, and and hopefully be part of that change. Hopefully, be part of that that you know that that arrow that like that went out into outer space and and hopefully like touched different people to like, hey let's do this let's do that because you know, I think what 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 was happening in Ventura was there was a lot of complacency you know um, you can get a shot in a beer anywhere in town mm-hmm. but what I what I didn't see was mixology love passion behind any of the cocktail programs that were going on there it was like ah right, what do you want. That's uh, a key word, passion, I think, man. Yeah. That really hit me right now when you said that. Yeah, there wasn't much passion. There's a lot of local businesses yeah. that have been around for a while. But, you know, like you said, complacency starts to set in and you lose that passion. And maybe when it opened in 1992, they were doing everything at the peak. But now, you know, it's time to it's time to evolve. And what really blew me away was, you know, we, we can jump in a car right now and drive 60 miles to the mecca of cocktails, right? Yeah. Where... Brand company, former companies like mine, pumping millions of dollars into an area like Los Angeles, right? And yet, what what drove me nuts was that driving back, you literally drive through a vortex where you're <laughs> you're sixty miles, sixty minutes from the mecca of the most fourth, fourth, fourth thinking, you know, beverage directors on the planet. Yeah, and they're setting and, the and trend. We're, we're deficient out here. And yet we have the produce, we have everything around us to really make a dynamic, you know, bar bar program that could be second to none. Yeah. And that and that's what hit me, right? You know, sitting at Odium one day, and you know, uh, he, you know, the bar bar manager's making me cocktails, and I'm going like, this is it. Like he's using our lemons, he's using our 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 strawberries, and I'm going like, that's my advantage. That's the advantage I have. You know, I I can go two miles, three miles, and be and be at Luminera. You know, and these guys, they're in a concrete jungle fighting for, for, for eyeballs and, 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 and doing everything they possibly can to get people through their door. And yet here I am, you know, like I have the advantage, like yeah. I'm, I have the upper hand, yep. like I need to do this, you know? And, and that was my, my, my talk to my wife and I'm like, look, I, I need you to trust me. I need, I'm going to quit this my, will work. my corporate job, yep. my, my hundred thousand dollar <laughs> job. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm probably, you're probably going to have to carry me for a while. <laughs> yep. And I'm going to do this. And she was like, okay. You're doing it right, though, man, because the vibe in Rocks and Drams is tight, too. I I have to say, I would think that it's your taste in music, but the music at Rocks and Drams is always legit, dude. Do you Are you kind of behind the playlist there? Did you set that vibe? There's a lot of old school, like, classic hip-hop and things of that nature, but in a chill way where it sets the vibe right. I would say I gave the... I would... I gave a, a general directive, right? Uh, a, a roundabout, right? Um, I was with DY in New York. Um, and this was another time where I was just like, all right, I'm doing this. And we were at a place called Goodnight Sunny. 
And DY is like, you know, he's vibing, right? We're in the borough, one of the Manhattan, right? And there's people in there, everyone's hanging out, everyone's drinking. And the music, hip hop, right? It was on. And the vibe was just perfect. And I turned to D, I'm like, that's this is it. Like, I, I gotta do something, man. And we came home, right? After, you know, seeing the Yankee game and hanging out with, with Aaron, which we can get into. And and I'm like, I'm doing this. Like, that's it. And I sat my beverage director down. I'm like, look, man, like, this is what I want. I want, I want Nas. I want, I want nineties hip hop. I want, this is, this is what speaks to me. Like, I, I'm giving you, I'm giving you where I want it. Like build that playlist, you know, and you know, you could throw some Drake in, you know, you can do all that. Do, do a little pepper, pepper that stuff in. I go, but I want, keep it classic. This is what I want. You know, I want, I want Fuji's. I want, you know, De La Soul, you know, I want Mad Lib, you know, cause he's a local guy. Right. You know, and I grew up down the street from him and, I'm like, oh, this is this is what speaks to me, man. Like, I gotta have some identity of me in this place, and this is this is this is what I want, you Hell know. Yeah. And, and and he followed that to a T. And I, we get compliments all the time, and we get people asking all the time for our playlist. Yeah. I'm like, well, yeah, you can have it. Here's, before I ever went in there, the first time I went in there is because my wife complimented the music so much, and it was before you guys had a liquor license. It was mm. like right after COVID when everything opened up, man. and she was like, man. Me and her girlfriend, Jen, we went to the craziest place. She was like, went in there, we had a glass yeah. of wine, and they were playing like old school Biggie Smalls, but in like such a chill way. Like it felt like I was like almost hanging in the backyard with you, like listening to what we would listen to in a and backyard. That's, and and that's it was, the vibe I wanted, it, it, right? It is the vibe. That's the yeah. vibe I want. Like imagine this cocktail with the fireplace, Biggie Smalls on, you know, and just you with your best mates just hanging out. Hell right? yeah. Like that was that was my that was my goal, right? Like my goal was to you know, if I had my boys come from from high school, which you know we'll be there, we'll be there this month, coming in and them them being in my living room, yeah, yeah, and and being able to meet a host and 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 say say to them, sit down, I got you, just don't ask what's coming out, just drink it, and shut up, you know, because I got it, you know, and it's gonna be right, and yeah. and that's kind of how I've always operated, right? Like you know, we when we always threw parties at home and my parents left, you know, we always we were always the house, right? You know, when, when when my parents were there, my mom would always feed everybody, right? Everyone knew that they can come to the Valdivia house and have an awesome, like, breakfast, dinner, or lunch or whatever because my mom would do it. And just from a kid, like, being able to host and, and seeing her host, like, I feel like a lot of that's translated. It's awesome. And then my journey through the liquor industry kind of, like, melt, mold, you know, melt, you know, melted both of those together, right? And Here it is. Rocks here, here's jams, baby. Yeah, here's where I'm at, you know, rocks and jams. And, you What's know, your favorite artist of all time? God, man. doesn't have to be hip-hop. Favorite artist of all time? Such a good question. You know, as far as influence in, in my, my like, younger um, part, would, would probably be Biggie. You know, I think Biggie was, was definitely an influence on me growing up in high school. I, I, have, a, I have, like, a lot of good memories listening to that album. Even on the West Coast? Even on the West Coast, Biggie man. more than Pac, right? Because that's always the thing, right? I grew up on the East Coast. <laughs> you, and I feel like I feel like I feel like more honestly after I moved here, I feel like more Biggie was listened to on the West Coast than Pac was listened to on the East Coast. I, I swear, yeah, wow. I, I really think that. You know, I respect Pac. You know, I respect Pac from from on many levels, right? Yeah. From his from a poetic standpoint, you know, his message. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt Biggie to me was more was more you can listen with the ladies. You know, it's like you can vibe yeah. out more. Like, Pac was just more. He was more like preaching to you, like hey, he's either preaching you know, to you, Mama, or, you know, he's either preaching to you or he was going. But, but Biggie was thug. like, hey, yeah. get this champagne. Yeah. 
get this chick yeah. and let's get in a hot tub and let's go. Roll, yeah, roll up so, a blunt. Like, let's do this. Yeah, yeah, you know. So Biggie, Biggie kind of was like he was like more speaking to more single single mark, you know. Like, yeah, hey, yeah, you yeah. know. And, I and can he, feel had that. Pu- he had a puffy in the back going, get some, get some, yeah, get, exactly. get that, get that, you know. So yeah. I was like, all right, you know, this, this is where the I'm at. Hype man, huh? Yeah, yeah you know. Vibing. So yeah, but lately I've been listening to a lot of yacht rock. You okay. Know, Bear got Bear's got me into this, man. I'm like, like Bear, what are you doing to me? <laughs> you know, so, so I work work out in the morning every morning with at DYs, you know, Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays, and and DY will turn on, he'll turn on the yacht rock, and I'm like, oh, what is it? You like pina colada? And we're like, we're like, we're working out, right? And I'm like, man, what, what's up with the yacht rock? And he's like, oh man, Bear's turned me on to this. <laughs> And I'm like, and my my twelve year old's going like, "What is Yacht Rock, Dad?" And I'm like, "I'm like, hey, it's some good stuff." So yeah. I'm like, hey, you gotta listen to it. Yeah, listen to Put it. Put it on. So I've been I've been vibing off Yacht Rock lately, man. That's and, cool. And he just cracks up at me, and I'm like, whatever, man. I mean, it's just hauling oats, man. I didn't realize how many hits those guys had. Oh, yeah. hit makers, baby. Man, you know, I mean, just crazy. I'm like, yeah, but it brings back Jeter of their time. Good memories of, of like Yacht Rock and like the days when. Uh. Well, speaking of Jeter and making hits as a Yankee, yeah. um, you've hung with a Yankee who's mm. made some pretty big hits lately, right? Yeah. Um, so you've gotten the pleasure to meet the Mets' future center fielder, Aaron oh, Judge. Oh, that's a big statement there. That's a big statement. You <laughs> got to manifest it, Mark. You yeah, got to manifest baby. it, right? You got to speak it to believe it. Yeah, I don't think people really understand how much how many how much roots you know, Mister Mister Aaron Judge has. Here He's like tied to the eight hundred five a little yeah, bit too, um, isn't he? You know, his trainers here. Uh, his trainer, his off-season trainer's here. It happens, good friend, good friend of mine, good friend of Bears, um, and um, you know, you might, you might catch him in January. You know, roaming, roaming the streets of downtown Ventura, maybe hanging at, uh, uh, hanging out at Rocks mm-hmm, and Drams, mm-hmm. having a bull you know, bar. Yeah. So for the last, last what six, seven years since he's been with the Yankees, you know, or, or at least been called up. His management, sports management team was was based here out of Ventura. They know they've now moved, you know, since to Arizona, but. For the for the longest time, they were here, and and I remember working out with DY. I've been, I've been with DY for about fifteen years now, and I remember him. I remember the day you know I, I showed up to the gym. He's like, "Hey man, we just signed this guy, six seven brother." I'm like, "Oh cool man, awesome." I'm like, what's his name? Oh, his name's Aaron Judge. I'm like, "Oh, that's great man, awesome." And I just you know shunned it off. Cool right? guy, yeah. And um, you know, I, I ended up coaching a T ball team, Yankees, and I went to D and I'm like, "Hey D, like, hey, you think that guy could sign some balls for me?" Oh yeah, yeah, no problem. And Aaron hadn't been called up yet. <laughs> that guy, <laughs> and he hadn't been called up yet. That's and, so cool. And so he's like, "Yeah," comes out with twelve sound balls. Boom! Each parent got one, you know, because Dy ended up like co- you know training the kids for one day. It was it was a fun little thing. Dy is great with kids. And um, a couple weeks later, he gets called up to the Yankees, you know, and I call out the parent, "Hey, you might want to keep on hold on to that ball. Yeah, put it somewhere. <laughs> put it in a, put it in a case yeah. or something." So you know, Dy and AJ, you know. They're good friends, right? And AJ would come out and he would train in the off season, which he probably will this year too, um, at the gym here. And um, you know he would he would come out. So when we when my wife owned the cave, um, you know AJ, I brought food, I catered food, catered food one day for him for lunch, and he gives me his number. I was like, hey, so get my number down. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, who's Aaron Judge? Give me his number, right? <laughs> that ain't nothing. So, all right, cool. You know, so then he, ta- he we text, he texts, yeah, hey, I'm going to bring my mom and dad over to, to you know, for dinner, you know, and, and I'm like, all right, cool, man. So he, he came in with his mom one time and, and I took care of him. He sat down and we, and, we, and, he, and he ate and, you know, I showed him, I showed him, I showed him around and, and you know, um, everyone's just like mesmerized. Like this guy walking in, you know, he's, he's a Goliath, right? Chef meets him, everyone meets him, you know, and, and he leaves, 
right? Um, and then Gy and I go out to New York. We go out there, and the one time we went out there, he got hit. He had we showed up on Thursday. And that's when he got hit in the arm or in the hand, right? And he went dark for like two, two, three days. So even Dy, like even Dy, didn't know what was going on. Yeah. So I had like, I was working at Centauri at the time, and I had I had this whole dinner set up. And this like chef at the Japanese restaurant had like this like bone broth and had this whole dinner like set Yo, up for bone him. broth is legit, dude. Like he want like the chef like really like got into it uh-huh. and, and it's like, hey, Aaron's coming. I want him to heal. Like we need him to heal. So like he had this whole dinner set up, and and I had That's dope like a healing dinner yeah. for Aaron Judge. <laughs> and I had two VP execs that for Centauri that were like giddy about like meeting him, and and I was all I was like not for it. And DY is like, look, last minute audible. Like, hey, call call your guys. Like, have them come to dinner. I'm like, oh, man, you sure? And he's, and he's like, yeah, <laughs> no problem. Fanboying out. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, dude. So then I call these guys. And these guys like, boom, done. Like, they were there. So we ended up not going to that Japanese restaurant because he got out late. And we we went to the, um, what's that place called where all celebs go? Um, God, it's slipping my mind. 4040 right Club? No, it's the, um, <laughs> it's an exclusive club. Where all the all the celebs go, I don't know why it's slipping my mind right now, but I'll remember here in a bit. And they stayed open for us, and I bet. and the chef was back there. And eleven eleven fifty, AJ walks in, and mind you, this place closed at ten, and and everyone in that that place is just giddy, right? And I already met AJ before, right? So he sits down and. But the two execs at Centauri like literally got the most in depth like interview that 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 I think he's ever given. <laughs> Even Dy and I were like, Dy's like, I didn't know half this shit, so you know. <laughs> and Aaron's sitting there like answering the questions, and I'm looking, I'm like, you don't have to answer that, and then he did. And I'm going like, holy crap, like, you know. That's and, so tight. And he told a story about how he got 99, and because the guy asked him, like, well, how'd you come up with the number 99? He's like, well, you know, I get called up, they showed me to my. Um, my 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 locker and there's my number and you, hey you're playing for the Yankees like you don't question the number like you just, you just you put the fucking jersey on that's it <laughs> and and I'm just sitting going like oh man I didn't even know that you know and you know we, we went another time that's uh, so tight. yeah another time I thought he was a Warren Sapp fan or something I was like I don't know what I don't know why you would it, pick ninety nine it was wild man I, you know another time we went uh, to go visit him um, we went to um, the catch we went to catch and we had to go through the back door we went up and we sat. Does Aaron Judge fit through the back door? I feel, oh, like, man. I feel like when you're a famous guy like Aaron Judge, it's impossible not to get noticed because, A, just being six foot seven, I mean, just makes you larger than life. Rough. It'd be like Kobe Bryant, like, you know, trying to sneak around somewhere. Even if you got a freaking Halloween mask on, you're like, hey, who the hell is that in- tall ass dude? I've never seen anybody impossible. that tall before. It's impossible, right? And you know, the part, the part I, I, I really hone in on is like, you know, when. Someone like D.Y. walks up to, like, this big bouncer and says, hey, I got Aaron Judge coming, you know, and then the bouncer kind of looks at you like, yeah, okay, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, sure he is. <laughs> sure he is, you know, and then, and then boom, like, this Escalade pulls up and this, like, six, seven guy walks out, and then, boom, things just start parting, right? Like, no, no, not that door, this door, right? Yeah. So we go through the back door, walk up, and, you know, Aaron's just, you know, hanging out, and you could just, you could just feel it. Eyeballs everywhere, man. And finally, this girl like walks up. This is before he was married, and everything, and she just sits down. She's like, "Hi," and he and he's like, "Hi," and she's like, "You're somebody famous, you know." And, 
and, I'm, and I'm just sitting there like com- all of us are sitting there uncomfortable. Like I can only imagine what it's like to be him every day. And <laughs> and she's like, I want a picture. And he's like, you know what? Very polite. You know, we're having dinner right now. Like, um, you know, we'll, we'll get a picture later, you know? And she, and she was insistent, you know? And finally, like the lawyer stepped in and he's like, Hey, you know, we'll, um, we'll get, we'll get, we'll get a picture for you later. And sure enough, you know, he finished dinner and he's like, Hey, we'll, we'll get that picture. And, what turned out just to be a picture with her turned out to be like a picture with 12 of her friends. Right. And yeah. then by then the security guard's like, Hey, Hey, hey like, no, we got, like, <laughs> we got to break this up. Cause you don't normally take up pictures of places like that. Yeah. Right. And you know, and um, you know, it's most of the time it's, there's no photography allowed in places like that. And you know, so we took the picture and we left. Right. And we went to another place around the corner called STK and we, we had a walk. It was like probably a walk from Bombay's or rocks. Not far at all. Yeah, like half of, half a city and block. It was the longest <laughs> fucking walk ever. I've never seen grown men like literally jump out of line and, and like literally kiss this guy's feet and and, and, and and it's like God, like all right, keep walking, just keep walking, right? But he's such a nice guy. Like, he stopped and he and yeah. took pictures and stuff, and then we, so we get inside STK and. I feel so bad because his mom, this mom, like walked up to me and she's like, "I love him, like I love him. Can I just get a picture with him, please?" You know, and and he, she's like whispering in my ear, and he and I look at him and, and he hears the whole thing, and he just goes, and I'm like, "Sorry, ma'am, you know, not gonna happen." Do you think Aaron likes the attention, or no. do you think he doesn't? So see, that's what I'm trying to figure out, right? Because here's my sports conniving mind. I'm like, "Shit, does he really want out of New York?" Because then that means my Mets are out of the the bidding. Did you see what the Orioles offered him? No. Twenty years, nine hundred and eighty million dollars. Wow, yeah, that's crazy. Orioles look good at the end of the season too. Just saying, AJ Camden Yards, beautiful place to play, man. So what do he you know? That, what do you know, Mark? Brick Warehouse. Where's he going? <laughs> I don't Is know anything, man. Is he a Met? You know, what I do know about AJ, he's a nice guy. Yeah, and, and, I can tell and that. I, and, I, and he has a great head on his shoulders. I, I feel like the decision he's going to make, it's it's a very well-thought-out decision. And and it won't surprise me if he goes back to the Yankees mm-hmm. just because of, of who he is and, and, and what I've known him to be, like just super loyal and very down-to-earth. You know, Bay Area guy too, right? A lot of rumors, San Francisco, Giants. Well, you know what I mean? Think about that, you know, as a kid. You know, I mean, me as a kid growing yeah. up as a baseball player, like I would, like your dream is to play for your local, you know, yeah. local team, right? And so you like, wouldn't pick the Orioles over the Dodgers? Hell no. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you look at look at what uh, look what Tur- Trey Turner did today. Yeah. You know, he I mean, went to pro- the Phillies. He's yeah, a Philly guy. he turned down forty one million extra dollars, you know, to go to the Phillies, to go to right? Play for Philly, yeah. I mean, that says a lot, you know. But for someone like AJ, it's like. It'd be a dream. You 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 manifest that so many times to play to play for you know. I imagine the Giants, right? Mm-hmm. You know, as a kid, right? You like just the smell and the, you have to. Yeah. That's the stadium I, you're going to. That's the people you're seeing. The uniforms it's you're hard, seeing. It's it's a it's a very hard hard thing to beat. You know, I, I'm not saying I'm not saying he's gone because I don't know anything, but I mean. You know, it's definitely something that it's definitely something that you've be well thought out, and that's absolutely. all that matters. As long as as long as Aaron Judge is happy, you know, whatever teams get, is obviously going to be lucky because they're going to get a hell of a ball player. But um, as long as he's happy, that's what's really going to make the difference. Yeah, I mean, um, the merch alone, you know, yeah. what that guy drives uh, the merch know? and I the mean, kids that are just going to idolize somebody. You know, I mean, they get a hero in their in their neighborhood for a little bit. And I'm around, I'm around the baseball fields a lot. You know, my my oldest plays you know travel ball. Like you never saw kids wear 99. No, never. 
right? Like, how many players, I mean, okay, aside from Wayne Gretzky, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how, many, how many hockey, Warren Sapp, Warren Sapp, okay, please. <laughs> Aaron Donald, right? I mean, you're on a baseball it's field, a, you you're wearing 99, yeah. like, and, and and you go to Orange County and they're wearing 99, right? Yeah. Like, this, the guy is, like, transcended. It never used to be a All pretty number. All walks of life, yeah. right? Yeah, it was a fat kid's number. Yeah. <laughs> it's real, real talk. That's why, we said, that's why we said Wayne Gretzky, and then we said two defensive tackles, right? right. Let's be it's real. It's a fat kid's number, Let's right? be real. You know, but, but it's the cool fat kid number. He's made it cool, you know? And, you know, you got kids now wearing the yeah. same haircut, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. I mean, uh, aside from him and Trout, I mean, he, he, they're the only two. I really feel like that. I see that play catch mm-hmm. in the outfield with kids, you know? And I, I don't know if that's happened before, but, yeah, you know, I, I think what he's doing to the game, and I, I feel like he, he's a great role model, you yeah. know. And I always, I always encourage my my twelve year old to to watch the interviews he gives, you know, when he speaks. You know, I'm like, look, watch watch, watch how he speaks. Watch how he learn handle- how to be a professional. Yeah, watch watch how he handles that question, right? Like, watch how he answers it, you know, and how he goes about it methodically, like taking mm-hmm. steps to go through it, right? And and I'm like, you can learn a lot from watching someone like Aaron Judge. You know, he's very well spoken, obviously good looking, and his parents have done a very good job. And his dad's from Camarillo. Mm-hmm. You know, has won a state title football for Camarillo. So there are there's a lot of roots wow. here. Oh, for sports him. roots like crazy. Yeah. Sports roots like crazy. Yeah. I'm hoping to start a, a different. I got press coverage sports. I'm hoping to start 805 Legends at the start mm. of the new year and uh, really tie into those roots that start here in the 805. 100%. So I'm hoping that it happens because I mean, there's tons of not only legends but also role models. And to me. I got one of them right here at the yellow table, too, because for you, being a part of the uh, World Central Kitchen, man, I mean, that's game-changing to me, dude. Like, what made what, what motivated you to join the World Central Kitchen? Like, that's a tough mission to be a part of. Yeah. I ain't gonna make me cry. Well, I don't mean it's to do right, that, man, man. No, but no, if you no, need to, you need I to. Always, I always get it. I knew it. I was trying to don't get emotional today, you know, but, um, God, you know, World Central Kitchen, man, there's... I mean, as even as I say it, there's so much emotion when it, when when I say those three words, you know. Um, I mean, for me, what started with Well Central was was the Thomas Fire. It's been you know? it's been exactly uh, five years. Yeah, uh, on, Thomas yeah. Fire. You know, um, and um, it was a tough time in my life. You know, working for Centauri. You know, and I was getting my ass kicked there. We talked about that earlier. And um, I just, in my head, I was like, you know, if you're not part of the not you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. And here's this fire going up, right? And um, I, you know, I'm on Facebook and just happened to be on, and there was Jason Collins, you know, put a post out, and it was very quick. I need, I need hands, and it was like, come to the mission, boom, done. And I clicked off, and I'm like, babe, I'm I'm out. She's like, where are you going? I'm like, they need help. Like I'm going. Like I'm not. I'm gonna fucking sit around and just watch this shit burn. Like I'm, I'm gonna go. Gonna go help the people that need it. And, Hell yeah! And at that time, you know, my wife was, you know, running the cave, and you know, we do seventy percent of our business during that time of year, and there was smoke everywhere, and I mean, it, I mean, that literally like, like did them in, you know. And but we'll get, you know, that's a completely different story. And so I walked in there, and I walked in the mission. There's Jason, there's Tim Kilcoin, there's there's Jim Rice, and there's all these like you know G's in there, you know. And Jason's like, hey, get to work. You know, and I had my computer with me and I go, what do you need me to do? And he's like, I need all this food that's coming out of this kitchen. I need all of it to go here, here and here. So start writing this stuff down. So what I did is I, you know, I popped up my computer, put on Excel and I, I geographically pinpointed like where all these like meals that were coming out of the kitchen needed to go front lines, um, 
you know, the, you know, the fairgrounds, everyone that was displaced, everyone that needed food, everyone that was hungry, everyone that had a house burned down, everyone that just needed a meal. Like we were, we were driving, you know, finding, my job was to find drivers and get them there and get it there on time, lunch and dinner. And, um, had no clue, right? You know, all of this, you know, again, working for Suntory, you know, in walks David fucking Chang, you know, David Chang, right? You know, one of the best chefs in the world, right? With his whole posse. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, fanboy. Like, here's David fucking Chang. <laughs> Holy shit. And what people don't know in Ventura is that they got a, a lunch and dinner cooked by one of the most famous chefs on the planet. And David Chang, like, he, he, he went in that kitchen, he pumped out, and, you know, I programmed it, and it went... It went different places, right? And that was Thomas Fire, right? So, you know, in walks this leaky white guy, BDI guy, right? And these these shirts start showing up. Well, what most people don't understand is that World Central Kitchen somewhat started in Ventura. You know, Nate Moot walked in, right? He, you know, the former CEO of World Central Kitchen. And then this Spanish chef walks in with the vest, you know, Jose Andres, right? And next you know, all of us are in these World Central Kitchen shirts. You know, Robert Eager walks in. And they're like, you know, they're everyone's just kind of doing their thing. And it was just like this beautiful, like harmonious, like chefs and beverage and industry people like doing their thing. They literally just put their fucking heads down and they went after it. Right. And we fed all these people. And and then, you know, I went back to work and, you know, um, then the Woolsey fire flares up and they call me again. Like, hey, you know, you know what to do here. Like, We need you. So, you know, I, I put another two months in that, you know, we work on a cost Pacifica. You know, and, you know, same thing, programming, right? You know, meals and everything, and we were everywhere, right? And when you're part of the family, like, you're part of the family, you know, and when you put in the hours and you're part, you know, you, you put hours in World Central Kitchen, they, they just know, like, they call you. Um, and then again, after that was over, went back to work, right? And then left Suntory, was doing some, you know, some agency stuff, and covid hits right all my all my brand stuff was all on premise so everything that i had was just like literally like on a, on a hold so you know the check stopped right yep. and i got a call from jason calls again hey i need you to run los angeles you know and i'm like all right well, what, you know what are we doing but at the time with covid like everyone thought you know, go outside what do you do you're gonna, you're gonna turn into yeah. this you're gonna, you're gonna turn into this fucking like <laughs> zombie right yeah. so the wife's like absolutely not gonna happen you're not, not leaving the house yeah so I'm like, sorry, bro, can't do it, you know. And then he called me back the next day. He's like, all right, you got to do Ventura County. And I'm like, all right, I can do that. He's like, you don't have to leave your house. You got, I got this, no problem. I'm like, I got it. So then it was, uh, it was their world, it was their restaurant revitalization program, right? Like, so six months, seven months into this, you know, we, we pumped $2.7 million into the, the you know, Ventura County with meals, right? So my job was to find a restaurant, make sure that they, you know, they held up to, you know, sanitary standards, and they were they were able to cook you know six ounces you know six ounces four and four so six ounces of protein four starch four veg right and my job was to walk them through that pick the right restaurant nice that's good so like actually macro based kind of meals where you're trying to feed people right too, yeah right you know because you you had, what COVID did right when you had all these like senior citizens that couldn't get out and we and then you had all these restaurants that weren't 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 getting you know weren't getting food you know. Um, you know, weren't getting food out. So, you know, it was devastating. COVID, COVID devastated on yeah. many levels, right? And so my job, my job was to work with the restaurant to pump out, pump out meals. We paid them $10 a meal and some restaurants had 300 meals a day, right? And, and we would designate them to certain parts, you know, uh, whether it was CMH hospital, which we, you know, we, we did probably like four or 5,000 meals, you know, a day to, and then we did, we did uh, VCMC, 
and then we ended up we ended up doing a, we ended up getting a county deal where we did a lot of the aging aging area you know uh, facilities Oxnard Santa Paula Port Wyneme you name it like it just spawned right you know through through all these like you know you know um, you know directives that we had to give these restaurants like we we it became so fluid that you know the county ended up hiring us to do this stuff so and here I was like you know pulling you know behind all of it you know pulling the strings and. And, you know, bringing on the restaurants, you know, working with some of my fellow restaurant, you know, tour per- people. And here I am trying to build rocks at the same time, you know, which wasn't in place now. Didn't have a kitchen, didn't have anything. So I, I you know, I couldn't do anything other than, you know, hire, hire some of these other Come restaurants. Come up with a business plan and things like yeah, that. Too, so. You know, so, yeah. So, so that's how I got to know a lot, a lot of my restaurant, you know, colleagues, you know, Jim and Shannon over at Piranos and, you know, Mark and Luisa at, at Rincon and, you know, Maria, Maria Fiore, like all, I mean, all of us, you know, Joby, George, you know, we're all, we're all friends, you know, and, you know, and, um, that's what's great about the 805, man. Seriously. Like it uh, truly is a community, man. Like you may be competitors because you are all in the same industry, but it's not actually like that. So that, that's refreshing to hear, man. And that's not my, you know, my approach is love. You know, my approach is to elevate my, my, my approach is always to like, Hey, you know, if you, you want to know something like come ask me, Yeah, you know, I'm not hiding. I mean, I'm not, I'm not hiding what we're doing, you know, yeah. like you have to take the extra steps to get the ice, to do it, get yeah. the glass. Like it's up to you. Like yeah. I'm not hiding anything like the education that, I, that it's, it's out there. It's a book, you know, it's, 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 you can go 60 miles and, and, and go around six places and find out whatever it is they're doing and replicate that however you want. Right. And like, I, I, I don't see it as competition. I see it as love. And I, I know some other people do, you know, and, and, you know, that's them. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm not a threat. I'm here. I'm here to stay. I'm here to do things right. I'm here. I'm here to, you know, I'm here to, I'm here to inspire, you know, that's what I'm here to do. And, you know, with world central, you know, um, you know, COVID was over and, uh, I went back to work and, um, you know, um, I had, had an opportunity to, to work for a startup and, you know, that, that didn't pan out. And then I got a call again, you know, from chef Jason, um, when he was in Poland, you know, for the Ukraine war, he's like, Hey, I need you. I remember answering the phone at like one in the morning. And my wife's like, who the fuck was that? <laughs> I'm like, it was chef. And she's like, well, what do you want? And I'm like, he wants me to go to Poland, you know? And, and she's like, and she's like, what? She's like, let's talk about this in the morning. And, and she had just told me that she was pregnant. And so I'm kind of like freaking out a little bit, you know? And she told me on April Fool's you know, day that she was pregnant. I'm like, <laughs> solid you know, move. She sends me like this picture. Right. And, you know, COVID, you know, COVID tests are everywhere. I'm like, oh, you're, you're, you're positive. She's like, no, you idiot. I'm fucking pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm like, I'm like, and I'm like, what? And I'm at the park with my kid, right? With Dom, right? And, and, um, I fall over off, the, I'm on the, I'm on the, the swing and I fall down. Like this lady, like just laughing at me. And I'm, and then I'm like, where are you? And she's like, I'm walking down right now. And, so I, and she That's walks so up awesome. and I'm like, are you like fucking kidding me? And she's like, no, I'm serious. I'm like, ah, I'm like is it mine? <laughs> <laughs> she's like, fuck you. you know? and, and I'm like, oh shit. Like, and, and, and you know, we're a little bit older, you know, and I'm like, all right, we're not going to say anything. You know, we're not going to tell the boys nothing, you know? So I'm like, I give her a kiss and a hug and I'm like, oh fuck. All right, cool. It was awesome. Like, Let it marinate for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know? So then I leave, I leave for Poland, right? I leave, I leave on the 18th, you know, of, of, of April and, I don't come back. I was only supposed to be there for two weeks and I don't come, I'm there for a month, you know? So, you know, that was cool. Right. You know, I had a, and I had a panic attack my second day there, man. Like, like this is the first time ever, ever I've ever been in Europe and I'm by myself. Like I literally arrived there by myself. 
you know, and chef's already back here. He's already back in the States. I'm like, motherfucker. Like, he's just fucking nasty. Come on. Yeah, I'm, I'm by like, myself. <laughs> like, come on, man. And, and, uh, so I get there, you know, check in the hotel and everything's done by zoom, you know? So, you know, I, I get my directives via zoom, you know, and I, and I talk to my, my superior and this is what you need to do. I need you to get in the car and I need you to drive 55 fucking miles to this place. Um, it's equivalent to Cisco. And I'm like, all right. You know, so here I am on the streets of Poland, get on the freeway. <laughs> on a road trip. <laughs> on a road, yeah, by myself, right? And I, I, anxiety's high and I'm just going like, what am I doing? And so I get to this like facility. It's massive, right? So think of like a Cisco on steroids. It's got three stories, you know, it's brand new cobblestone and I walk in have my shirt on and I asked for the you know guys in charge you know hey is George here yeah George is here so I walked so my job was to program very similar to what I was doing for Woolsey and and Thomas but on a larger larger scale right um semi trucks my job was to fill semi trucks full of food so taking the the same macro idea but fill that truck so if it was a dry truck right I would fill that truck with dry, dry protein, dry, dry grain, uh, or dry veg, right? And I would have, I had like a huge manifest that I had to would have to translate every morning from Polish, Poland to English, and and have to like fill like ten semis a day. Damn. So thirty pallets per semi, and I did this like day in day out. Um, and and then we had you'd have the reefer truck, right? And the and those reefer trucks were very scarce. They'd either show up or they wouldn't show up. Meanwhile, you had, you had the stress was you had all this like food, like fruit and, and veg, fresh veg that was sitting in this warehouse. Like literally like, you know, yeah. tick on, you were on, on a ticking time bomb, you know, you were ticking, it was ticking away. And, you know, so these reefers would show up and I'd program, program the food and it would, it went, it would take from Warsaw to, to Lviv, it would take anywhere between three to four days, and um, sometimes it would take longer because the border border going in Things and going out was rough, stuff, right? Yeah. So for a month we did this, and for a month we tried to you know program as best as we possibly could, and it got to a point where these trucks were just getting stuck at the border because a lot of the truck drivers inside Ukraine figured out that if they could sign up for some of these loads. They would, they would drop a load and then come back into Poland and then disappear. Just disappear. And the government was like, not going to happen. So everybody had to get checked in and out Jeez. both ways. So that created a complete like nightmare of a nightmare. bottleneck. Wow. Yeah. And one day, like one day on, on WhatsApp, like Jose Andres just lights me and my partner up, like just lit us up. Like you need to find, figure this out. And he just like just went to town on us, and I was like slated to leave like a couple of days later. And uh, after the call, I get off and I call my boss Felix. I'm like, "I take it you need me to stay," and he's like, "Yep," you know. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> so I call my wife. And I'm like, "Hey," I'm like, "Not coming home yet." I'm not coming home, you know. And she's like, "Well, how much longer?" You know. I'm like, "I don't know." Like, we got to get this figured out. I, I can't leave Brack. I can't leave. I can't leave my guys, you know? And so here I went from like my second day in having a panic attack to like <laughs> wanting to like get out, get the hell out of Dodge to like stay in an extra like 15 days. Wow. And, you know, uh, we figured it out. Right. And, and I mean, I, that whole, that whole month I was there, like my love for this country and like what we do 
Like I get, I get emotional about it because like those people, like they're trapped. Like they, they can't yeah. leave. Like we right. have, that's like, their reality. Reality. Right. And, and it was tough. Like talking to, to my, you know, my guy who worked out there, George, who lived there. And he's like, you know, you can go anywhere you want to go. Like you have a golden ticket, you know? And he's like, I have to live here. I have to live here next to this, this madman, Right. And all he does is push a button and there's nothing I can do to protect my family. He's like, but you, like you, you get to go, like you get to leave you get to go to California. And they would, they would light up every time I like, where are you from? Like California. And we're like, Oh my God, palm trees. And they, they, they love it. You yeah. know? And, and that's, that's just, why I that's know. That's just conversation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Conversation. Right. And you can just see him like tearing up and cause he knew I was leaving, you know? And you know, and finally I did leave, you know, and I left and, um, it just left with me, you know, and I hugged my kids, you know, and you know, finally I got home. I we finally told our boys that, you know, wife was pregnant and they were, they were pumped, you know, and, you know, we moved on, you know, and then I got another call, you know, and it was Kentucky, like East Kentucky, the floods. It was Jason again. Like, I need you. I need you. I'm like, fuck, all right, let's go. You know, and it's buggy, it's hot. You know, I'm in this place called London, Kentucky, which I didn't even know they had one. <laughs> I'm in this red roof inn, and like the only thing, only thing good about it was there was like a White Castle next door, and right, I'm like, yeah. ah. so I go All and I get some burgers, and I and I walk in, I'm on the phone, with my wife, I have my earplugs in, and there's this guy, you know, just this Kentucky guy, Hick, you know, and I walk in, and he's got this beard, and you just you just tell, and he's like, you're not from here. You the police? And I'm like, no, sir. And I'm on the phone with my wife. And I'm like, no, sir, I'm not. You know, and I walk, get in my room, boom. And she was at. I'm like, don't worry about it. <laughs> I get up the next morning and I drive into Hazard, right? And it's buggy. The longest drive ever. Like, I encourage everybody to go to Eastern Kentucky because it's a whole fucking different world. <laughs> Let me tell you. Like, it's a, it's, it's a world in itself. So I get there, right? And we're, we're at this elementary school and we're sleeping. We're sleeping. That's that's where I slept in Mrs. B's room. No, no air shout conditioning. Shout out to Mrs. B. Yeah, shout out to Mrs. B. And there's no AC. There's no nothing. But we gotta get, we gotta get to work, right? You know, there's you know there's just stuff everywhere, right? And you know the radius that this flood hit was probably, I mean, it was definitely two hours in, you know, and and maybe four hours, you know, round, right? Like it was wide and. Jeez. And you you see these majestic mountains, you know, green mountains, all coal coal mining mountains, right? And then you go into like this off ramp, and then you go into this like valley, holler or hollow, right? And this like it's like Lord of the fucking Rings, and you're going like, what is this place? And where am I? And your phone doesn't work. Like that's the other thing. You don't, your phone doesn't work. Like if you're out there. Like yeah, you want no to kill somebody? Go take them to East Kentucky <laughs> and drop drop them in a mine because there's no signal, there's no nothing, like literally no, nothing. Done. And I never, I, I mean, I got you ain't from here, boy. You know, so many times. I mean, and I, like Mexican, my parents from Mexico. Like I'm, you know, I'm I'm, I'm a fair skinned Mexican. You know, uh-huh. lost Spanish blood, but they t- they know. Like you're not from where are you from, boy. <laughs> and. And I, and I would smile. I always, I'd always smile. Yeah, you know, you know, like California, nice, yeah. California. And like, oh, you a long way from home, aren't you? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. You know, like, what, what you doing out here? And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm here to help. You know, I'm here for the floods. You know, and you know, people need need to get fed. You know, we need, we're here to help. You know, and you That's know, cool. I, f- I found a guy out there who who literally took charge, uh, and you know, we ended up pumping out like you know on a daily basis, like four to five thousand meals. Hell and, yeah. and he was like a thousand of them 
and he took me deep into some of these hollers and you know and i've i've never like i've seen poverty right we've all we, we can go through the colonia right now and like see it but this is this is a whole different level like a poverty right like i never thought in a million years i would see something like this to the point where you see that you see it and your your brain just it's hard to like 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 wrap your head around it like more mobile homes like i saw a mobile home and there was a washer like hooked up to it and outside and and then there's kids that come out and it, it was just like you can tell obviously the parents weren't weren't doing right and but you feel bad for the kids you know right. and you know and you bring supper for them and you know and like the parents come out and they're they're skeptical and and then the kids they just come out the kids like they don't they don't care yeah yeah they don't care like they don't they're like hey you know yeah. you know and it's like and you i couldn't i couldn't help like could help think about my 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 kids you know man like this is wild you know and sorry i'm gonna get emotional about it but like you you see this stuff and you see it and and you you try to you really try to just like process it and and look at my guy brent and i'm like he's like man this is every day out here bro and i'm just like man like i don't know how you do it and he's like it's god's work you know and you know and i've gotten a lot closer to God, you know, just seeing a lot of this stuff, you know, and going down some of these, river, you know, this river, like Kentucky for the most part, and you see a lot of this carnage and you can see how high the water was and, and then you meet people and, and you're just like, man, like, like your, your heart just, just, it just wrenches, you know, and it just turns into a vice, you know, and, and you don't, you don't, you know, you don't really like process it until you you leave right and um that one kentucky was rough you know because it was it was home right yes this u.s you know you don't think think stuff like that happens here and it does yeah you know it's like and you can't help but put yourself and your family in those shoes and think about what it would be like you know for your kids to wake up in that house you know in that morning that's all i could think about was my kids and you know and you know how much i missed them and how much how fortunate you know Uh, going from poland now kentucky like how fortunate we really are 100%, out man. here you know and i'm like wow, you know stop complaining you know or, or, or you hear someone else complain i'm like we have it really good you know and you know jumping from kentucky to to san diego with the border fire border fire you know my job was to assess that and you know i uh, was only there for a couple of days and then they asked mm-hmm. me you know while i was there to jump jump up to uh, northern cal for the wairika fire which was the mill fire and the mountain fire so you know, literally, you know, hopped on a plane from San Diego to to Reading, then Reading, you know, drove into Wairika, and I don't know if you ever one, ever either one of you ever been to Wairika, but it's like a, a trashy Paso Robles, like, <laughs> like don't ever want, don't ever want to go, I don't want to be there again. There, I almost, I almost did yeah. a job out there. Oh, oh man, <laughs> no, no, but eight oh five is glad you did, it, nobody. We're glad you like, did. It. it was all bad, you know, man, and that's I was so cool that you've been all over the place. Yeah, though, and, this year's and just like. Just helping all these people, man. That's like seriously, like you said, God's work, dude. So big ups to you, brother, man. Yeah. You, you freaking deserve it, man. This year's been a, it's been um, it's been a wild year, you know, with yeah. the birth of my son, you know, last Tuesday, and you know, being on the road as much as I have been, you know, and and seeing, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the tragic, you know, things that I've seen this year, and you know, even my partner's like, man, you've changed. 
And I'm like, man, it's not about the bullshit anymore, man. Like, you know, we got to get serious. You know, yeah. There's a lot of a lot of things out there that are really, really bad that are happening, you know. And he's like, I've noticed that, you know, you've, you, you know, you're you're not paying attention to a lot of the bullshit. And I'm just like, because I'm not, man. You know, you know, God's humbled me, you know, and, um, you know, left by Rika and I was literally at, at the door at rocks and I got the text from Jason, you know, chef Jason, like, Hey, I need you in Alaska. I'm like, fuck, are you kidding me? Jace. And, and you know, I, I don't, I don't own any winter, winter gear. clothes. Yeah. And I'm like freaking out. And I'm like, well, when do I need to go? And he's like, tomorrow. I'm like, fuck, are you kidding me? So I, I'm freaking out. So I'm, I, I, all I, this, my wife, he's pregnant too. Yeah. And so I, so like, I walk, I walk to the back of the kitchen and I must've just been pale. And Chris is like, what's up? What's wrong? You know, I'm like, I got to I gotta bounce. I got to go. And he's like, where, where are you going? And I'm like, Alaska. And and he's like, he's like, go. You know, and he knows. Like, he's like, go, go. Like, go. Like, get out of here. So I, I came home and, like, got my go bag and packed it with a bunch of, like, warm stuff. And and I left the next morning, you know. I, 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 I left and I was on a plane to Anchorage, you know, and... You know, there I was. You know, I thought I was gonna die on the way there, though. Too, you know, it was I bet, man, it's a sketchy flight flying man, into Alaska. It was dude. one. Of, it was one of those flights where your colleague is up front, and she turns and she makes eye contact with you because it's so bad. And I'm looking at her, and she's looking at me, and I'm like, "Yeah, it could be the time. This could be wow. it. We're going down." And <laughs> I was like, "And and she's she's been. I mean, she's been with World Central a lot longer than me, and she was looking back at me like, "Hey, you all right?" And I'm going like this thing going down <laughs> and so we land and again you know another moment where i'm just like thank god and we get there like late in the morning it's it's like two in the morning and i'm tired i'm slept nothing and we check in and they tell us what our directive is you know our directive is you know they had that big old typhoon that hit korea and moved all the way up to alaska and it just completely wiped out the infrastructure of these western like native like uh, cities, uh-huh. I wouldn't even call them cities. I mean, they're like, oh, they're like, they're like, they're towns. They're like, it's it's it's. You talk about blast from the past, like Back to the Future. Like this is small towns, bro. Yeah. I mean, it's and it's again another place you want to kill somebody. Take them to Alaska. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so you got all the spots. Oh man, so <laughs> this year has been about challenging, right? And so we we started charter, chartering these like these like little hopper planes. And at some point, one of my colleagues is like, hey, you're going to get on one of these. I'm like, well, no, I'm not. I'm like, I'm just not a guy, the guy when it comes to flying, you know. And, like, I've been challenged enough, like, flying enough on these larger planes, like, going where I went to this year. But getting on a smaller plane, I was like, no, Mark, don't do it. Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, some of these guys are and with World Central are a little bit more on, like, the cowboyish. And I'm just like, I'm more reserved. And, and God, again, was just like, you're getting on this plane. And they needed someone to go into Luna Lockneet. And we were taking about 2,200 pounds worth of food. And a lot of these natives, like, they've never, they don't, they had, they've had oranges and apples in time, but it's, it's like a delicacy. Shit don't grow up there. Yeah. <laughs> no. They're like, all right, somebody needs to get it there. Cause so-and-so is going to this one. So-and-so is going to this route. And we need to make sure that this gets there. And I'm just going like, oh man, this isn't happening. Here we go. And I'm just like, all right. There we go. Show up. And there's this like plane and the guy gives me the rules just like how you would on a regular plane. And I'm like, this is it. 
<laughs> this is it. And there's no cell service. There's no nothing, right? So I, I take some videos just, you know, just, just, just cause. And as I'm looking out the, you know, the window, like, I mean, there's just, it's, it's beautiful. There's no doubt, but I'm like, if this thing goes down, like I'm fucked. There's like, no survival yeah, there's, rate. This is it. This is it. I got a pocket knife and that's it. Yeah. You know, and so we get there two hours in, you know, this little plane, you know, we get there and boom, we land and I, I meet the mayor of the town. He walks me through everything and, you know, I meet, I meet Reggie and who lives like on the outer bank of the ocean. I'm like, how did this guy survive? I don't know. Yeah. But let me tell you a whole different world, like how these people live, like everything was just like, my mind was just blown, like just completely blown. Like how can, how can this, how can people live out here and what do they do and how do they, how they survive and. I couldn't, I couldn't get out of there fast enough, you know, and we finally did what we had to do. We dropped off the load and said bye and took my video and, you know, had had enough of my recap for, for, for headquarters and hopped back on that plane and got back on, back, back to Anchorage. And I was like, Oh man, we're glad you did Mark. Oh buddy. You know, yeah. and we're glad you made it, man. Yeah. So dude, that was that. And then I got the call when I was in Alaska that they needed me in Florida Jesus, for Hurricane Ian and. I literally like got home for for one day. Flew from Alaska to LAX. So uh, all these all these spots you went to were since your wife told you that she was pregnant, mm-hmm. and so you've been mm-hmm. going to all these yeah. places. Yeah, wow. yeah. Uh, get home on a Friday. I have dinner. You know, I sleep. Have dinner next day with Saturday with my with my family, and next morning I'm on a plane to Tampa. You know, and um, there I am in the freaking middle of the hurricane Ian. You know, and. You know who would have thought how how devast- how you know devastating it was? Yeah. And dude, you're a gangster, man. You're amazing. Dude. I wouldn't say that, man. I, you I know, would. just doing God's I work. Would. You know, and I, I've been fortunate. Somebody's got to, man, and you are. So just seriously, been, dude, just that's amazing. Just been blessed, man, to like be a part of you know these his- historic events. You yeah. know, and you know, you know, be able to you know be a contractor for World Central, and you know, really just really be a, be a role model for my for my two boys. You know, and you know, more, more people than them too, man. So I appreciate you saying that. Is you know, it's it, it it's you know, I've thought about what I was going to say coming in. You know, I knew you were going to ask me about it, but you know, when you're in it and you're doing it and you're there and you see these people, they look like just they look like just like us. Mm-hmm. And Florida, Florida, like Kentucky, you know, was was I think Florida was a little more scarier, just because these people had money. They were just not prepared. And they they disregarded the order to evacuate, and when they came up, they came up with families. They came up in nice cars. What what really scared the shit out of me was the fact that there was nothing open, and if you didn't have propane, and if you didn't have you didn't have a generator to run your freezer or refrigerator, like you didn't you have nothing. food to eat. Yeah. And Walmart wasn't open. Gas stations weren't working. It was like the best thing DeSantis ever did was call in the National Guard to restore order, mm-hmm. because. You know, I don't know how people start calling calling martial law. You got it. You got a Man, rifle. You can get what you I mean, want to get. Things were backed up. Yeah. Traffic everywhere. Traffic lights don't work. People don't know how to go through a four way stop. I mean, it's it's wild, man. And you know, you you're, you're there in the mix of all this, you know, and you're wearing the shield, and you know, people are like, "Thank you so much for everything you do," and they're thanking you profusely, and you know, and you you just you know you just put your head down and you just try to like do whatever you can to feed and get the food out and feed as many people as you possibly can. And, you know, we were giving water out. We were doing everything, you know, and there was a ton of challenges when it came to Florida and, you know, semis just showing up and, 
you know, having to offload just 20 pallets per semi of water and people needed it, you know, and, you know, you're, you're, you're having a problem solve on the dime, like quickly, you know, and you're exhausted, you're mentally like just fried and, you know, you have two semis that f- show up and you're just like, well, what am I supposed to do with yeah. this? <laughs> yeah. You know, and what you do is you, 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 you use your lungs and you, you call out and say, hey, there's free water here. Like, get some. Let's, let's start offloading yeah. it, yeah. you know, and, you know, um, you know, those are the challenges. Like, it, it, you know, the challenges you, I have, I've experienced this year. Yeah. My colleagues have experienced this year with, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these, um, you know, catastrophes have been, you know, have been super challenging, you know, and, so when I when I when I go into rocks, I fig, try to figure out like why we're not busy. I'm like I got this. Yeah. Like I I got small this. Small potatoes. Small yeah. potatoes yeah. in comparison to what I you know I, I've been through you know and finally you know was exhausted to the point where like I I asked to Day come break. I asked to come home. You Good know? for you, man. You and gotta, mind you, you know we're we're at the Twins facility in yeah. in in um, Fort Myers. Like like bringing it back as a yeah. as a baseball player. Like here I am. At this facility, like you know, you know, um, like who knows whose room I was staying in, right? Yeah, and yeah. and I found like this like door that like led me out to like third baseline. And I'm like, all right, I got this. I I, I got and on my way home. I grabbed like an 18 pack of Coors Light, and I didn't tell anybody about this place. And I I I got my ice. I got my my little like portable like little ice chest, and I just sat on the bench third baseline and I probably drank like 12 beers That's and so just cool. kicked it until <laughs> they so found cool. me and like Val dude you've been out here the whole time and I'm like man don't blow up my spot yeah. you know <laughs> and found this perfect break room bro. and it was great and but it got to a point where I, I, I at that point like I missed my family I was exhausted yeah. and I requested I'm like I, I gotta come home good for you man even heroes need a break man even heroes need a break dude yeah. so Dude, I'm, pr- I'm, I'm proud to say that I know you now, man. Huh. That's really, no, like seriously, real Appreciate talk, that. dude, real talk, man. I mean, not everybody that has that opportunity takes that opportunity, dude. So I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. I mean, fo- at, following you on, yeah. on IG too and seeing just a little bit of yeah. what you post and to hear you uh, speak about it, yeah. I mean, really, really says a lot about you, bro. Yeah, and I've known man. you yeah. for a while and, yeah. and I have a whole different level of respect for you bro yeah, yeah. i don't talk about it much you know yeah. outside of like what i post on ig you know um you know a lot of people didn't even know my wife had a kid you know we, we you know we we just i don't know what it was what it is lately like we, we've been really you know hey if you're in a need to know basis you're gonna need to know and like 90 98 of like what i'm seeing out there like i'm not even capturing you know or not even putting it on my ig you know and i, I almost thought like one day, you know, if I do ever go back, you know, when I do go back, maybe put a GoPro on me and and try to capture some of these moments, you know, because, yeah. you know, some of these things that happen out there, they happen on a dime, and I'm like, ah, oh, man, like, I, I can't get my phone out fast enough, yeah. you know, and, yeah. well. but a lot of that stuff, you know, you'd only, I don't, I'd only want to feel for educational purposes. Yeah, definitely, you documentary know, purposes, um, yeah. Yeah, you People know. People to learn and how to prepare better for disasters and things like that, so. I'll tell you right now, it's coming, and when it does, yeah. you know, um. I I worry, I worry for what what an earthquake could do to our area, and I know when I came home from Florida, I'm like, this is this is babe, this is what we're gonna do. Yeah. Um, and she's like, okay, you know, and then because again, going back to what scared me was they looked they looked just like you and I. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That first day out the gate, you know, in that truck, like I, I probably could have made four hundred bucks. Just selling stuff. Yeah. I mean, people were handing Just, me, they were handing me money. The desperate, yeah. And um, I'm like, no, I, I can't, 
I can't take your money. They're like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, no, sir. Like, we're we're a nonprofit. Like, this is what we do, yeah. you know. And they're like, how is this free, you know? And I'm like, sir, this is trust me. Yeah. I'm good. And I had one guy just like, like literally like cry, and to the point where like I stopped service and I, I got out the truck and I came out and I hugged him and and he was just like, man, God bless you. And I was just like, man, like, like I. Like, you know, again, you can't help but break down when it comes to something like that. And, and you know, person after person, I'm like, no, I, I can't take your money. You know, if you want to donate, you know, you know, go to WCK.org, you know, yeah. and that's how you can do it, you know. And they're like, yeah, I can. When the internet gets back up, and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> so this this all yeah. started with you during the Thomas fires? Thomas fire, man. That's you know, and, and I, don't think, I don't think most people know here. Well, that's most people do know. But the, uh, the VP, VP Jason Collis, he used to own. You know, Piranos, uh, Jay, Jay's Tapas. Um, you know, he, he's he's the VP globally for relief. Like, wow. he started because of Thomas Fire. Like, w- there is a lot of ties to World Central Kitchen. Well, I remember when uh, uh, a lot of the, the people came together to do the, the thing at the, at the plaza, yeah. at the plaza park there in Ventura. Yep. Uh, a lot of the people that were recognized, uh, I, was, I was amazed to see, like, everyone who stepped it up in their field. Yeah. Yeah. And it, 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 there was a lot of people, a lot of people went through it, you know, I have so much respect for, for well central kitchen. You know, my, my wife is a full-time employee now for them. You know, she, she's financed for them. You know, she, she sees invoices throughout the world, you know, that, that she programs and, and basically put, you know, pays and puts them in a portal to, to get paid, you know, and, you know, because of Thomas fire, her and I have never, we've never really stopped, you know, working for, you know, the mission of what World Central Kitchen is, you know, which right. is, you know, feeding people. And, you know, um, I owe a lot to, you know, what Jose has done and what Jason's done and and really owe a lot to what Thomas Fire, you know, yeah. you know, you know, did to to our county. And, you know, um, you know, it's it's provided it's provided, you know, you know, dollars for my myself and my wife, you know, yeah. and, you know, I'm super thankful for 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 them and. You know, um, amongst tragedy, you know, has come. I think a good story out of it, and you know, I'd love to. I'd love to see if you guys can get Jason on here. I don't know if he'd ever want to get on here, but oh, yeah, we'd, we'd like Jason's the man. You know, he he's um, it's 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 funny to know someone like Jason. You know, and then you have all these other people that work for Wall Central, um, and me knowing Jason, like knowing Jason, <laughs> yeah. right, and and being on an activation, and then people like treat Jason different, right? Yeah. Again, being in cor- being in corporate before, I'm like, all right, stay in your lane, and I'll, I'll tell one story and we'll, we'll we'll cut it short. But in the middle of the hurricane, right, they had two teams. And there's a white whiteboard, and there's a Fort Myers team, and then there's a Tampa team. And my name my name's on the Fort Myers team, and I'm like, fuck. And that thing, we were watching it, and we we saw how it went farther south, and it's the night of, and they were sending this team that I was a part of down to Fort Myers. And there's no place. We don't have a place to stay. We don't know where we're staying. We have no idea what this thing's going to do. Nothing. And it's like six o'clock and this thing's, you know, slated to hit at nine. And I said, that's it. I pulled Jay aside. I said, Jay, look, brother, I know you and I are friends and everything. And I'm not trying to step out, but do you fucking think it's a good idea to send people down to Fort Myers right now? I go. I'm not trying to be a bitch, but I'm just. I'm just letting you know right now, bro. Like, uh-huh. like this is this is crazy. Like, there's nowhere to stay. Like, 
like we're just we're just gonna throw people out there. And he looks at me, he's like, Yeah, you're right. And I'm like, look, man, I'm not I'm not trying to step out of rank here, but like I'm just I'm just my guts just saying, man, like this doesn't make sense. And he's like, All right. And he like, you know, we, we walk away and and I'm like, I said my piece, you know, and that was it. And twenty minutes later, you know, the, the girl that was in charge that, you know, he's obviously in charge of. All right, people, this is what we're gonna do. You know, we're gonna we're gonna camp down here and we're gonna I'm like, oh thank God. And, <laughs> and I'm just like, man, you know, and I was like, oh, thank thank the Lord, you know. And good leaders listen to their team. Yeah, man. you know, yeah. And, but Jason and I have that rapport, right? You know, yeah. and I, I've been doing it a lot longer than a lot of those people that are full time, mm-hmm. right? And so Jason knew and it's good. There was another instance. Um, I had just gotten back from Port Charlotte, you know, which was, which was my, was my, um, my station and he was out, you know, I just got back to the twins facility and he was like, well, how was your day? And I'm like, it's good, man. It was good. And he's like, tell me how your day was. So I, I let him know, you know, I'm like, Hey, this is, this needs to get worked on. This needs to get worked on. This needs to happen. This needs to happen. And he's like, well, man, you didn't, you could be even told someone so about this. So I'm like, brother, like I've been saying this, man. Like, like, look, man, he's like, can you come to me? And I'm like, look, here's the deal. I can't always go to dad. Like, I'm not, yeah. he's always oh, not like that. I'm like, brother, like, here's the deal. Like, I, I understand my place. Like, I'll get to you if it's really, like, drastic. He's like, but no, man, like, you need to come to me. Like, we're friends. And I'm just like, no, it's, I know that, man, but it's not, that's not how I work. It's not how it yeah. works, man. Yeah. Like, kid from Oxnard, like, we don't do that. Yeah, you know? we know better <laughs> Chain of yeah. command. Yeah, huh? man. And he's like, <laughs> so, and the next day, like, I knew I was slated to leave the next day. And boom, like I see this email and it's like everything that we talked about, boom, 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 done, done, done. And then, you know, I'm on my plane, I get here, I get home and he's like, and he sends me a text. He's like, bro, good call. He's like, thank you. Thank you. Good looking out. And I'm like, oh no, thank you for listening, man. And he's like, no man. He's like, we should have did this two weeks ago. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, Boom, live and done. Learn. Yeah, live, live and learn. learn, you know. But, yep. but yeah, you know. Um, That's awesome, man. You know what? You're you're out there. You're being a world hero, and everybody doesn't get to everybody doesn't get to be a world hero. And uh, that's awesome that you're taking advantage that you have the capability to. Um, but one thing everybody gets when they come to the yellow table, Mark, is one random question from Mambo. All right. So today's today's episode's random question from Mambo is brought to you by Sweet Fuel, and right now you can still get in on our holiday raffle. This is the last week. If you leave us a written review on apple podcast so we can get back to you after you leave that review when you win the holiday sweet fuel swag bag and gift card giveaways that's how we'll reach you all right so this random question from mambo is brought to you by sweet fuel and mark here's your random question you know what this this is a fun one i think uh i think uh everyone's gonna think about this one all right all right right. what we got if you uh if you could have picked your own name what would it be oh man Ooh. You know what? I got this. Rocco. Rocco. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Hell yeah. And I, I ended up naming my, my firstborn, first, huh? Rocco, man. Like, it's just, you know, again, being Mexican descent, my whole my whole life, I've, I, what are you? Are you Greek? You're Italian? What are you? Yeah. I'm like, oh, man, my dad's from like My mom's from Jalisco. Like, what? Because the nose? Like, yeah. what, what, what? You know, Come like, on. oh, you're Italian? And um, Rocco, man. <laughs> and I have to tell you a story about it, and we'll cut it. Um, firstborn, right? My mom being a Mexican, just being super persistent. What are you gonna name my grandson? And I'm like, didn't didn't have a name, nothing. I literally did not. And I remember Nicole like reading this book, and the book was like, don't talk about 
to people about what you're going to name your kid. And my, my wife had this like second parent, Lisa. And uh, Lisa worked at the hospital in St. John's. Super non-intrusive. One day Lisa's like, I got a suggestion. Okay, what is it? There's this doctor. He's handsome. I think the world of him. All right, Lisa, what's his name? You know, she's like, oh, he's a doctor. He's handsome. What's his name, Lisa? Like, I'm all ears. Rocco. I'm like, ah, oh, okay, cool. Duly noted. Walk in the house. There's my wife washing dishes. I'm like, how's your day, babe? She's like, oh, it's good. And Lisa, I saw Lisa today. She wants to name her kid Rocco. And I'm walking up the stairs. And my wife's like, fuck no. <laughs> I'm like, good talk. Later. End of story, right? So fast forward, my, having dinner with my wife, my wife, my in-laws, my parents, my mom. Why are you going to get my grandson? And I look at my wife. She's like, don't you fucking say it. I'm going to name Rocco. My mom fucking flips out. Like just <laughs> food out of her mouth. Rocco, Rocco, Rocco. What's wrong with the porn stars tonight? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, well, you need to calm down. Yeah. It completely just ruins dinner, right? And everyone leaves. And there's my wife in the same spot, washing dishes. And I'm stewing because this lady, my mom, just ruined dinner. Yeah. And she's just completely persistent on what I'm going to name my kid. And, and I said, that's it. I'm naming fucking Rocco. <laughs> Done. <laughs> and my wife's like, no, you're not. I go, it's my first kid. I'm going to name whatever I want. That's Rocco. it. Rocco. And I just, we kept saying it. Rocco. Rocco. And my dad comes over two days later. Son, we're painting the room. And my wife, she gave in. She's like, all right, Rocco it is. So she just, she left to go to Michael's. Yeah. Get R-O-C-C-O. He doesn't see like the, the, the five little nails in the wall. And my dad's like, seriously. And he says, son, we need to talk. We have to talk. We need to talk about this name. Dad, there's nothing to discuss. It's it's done. He's like, no, son. Come on. And we're painting, right? And my wife walks in the room. She hangs up the R-O-C. And he looks over. He's like, ah, good talk, son. Hey, Rocco, it is. You know? <laughs> yes. And that was it, right? And he's born. And he comes out. And I come out. I come out. The, my mom's in the, in the waiting room. She's what'd you name my grandson? Meet Rocco, Nicholas, Valdivia, Aaron, jaw just drops. <laughs> yes. And she's like, no, you didn't. And I'm like, yes, I did. Hell yeah. <laughs> and, and, and now, like, he's, you know, my son, he's a handsome guy, green eyes, you know, and he looks just like a rock. I'm like, shut up, woman. <laughs> yeah, now you're trying <laughs> to take credit. Yeah, 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 come on. Oh, yeah, we got yeah. Rocco. <laughs> Rocco. That's awesome. Rocco. That's yeah. awesome. I got it lined up. If I do end up having another kid with my wife, we already landed that the name would be Bruce. So I would go with Bruce. I'm from Jersey. Big, you know, Bruce Springsteen was a huge part Bruce. of my upbringing. Bruce. Yeah. Huge part of my upbringing. You know, it's a good name. If you ever end up being like a sports star, it's an easy one for like the crowd to get behind. Bruce. Bruce. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's a lot of goods with it. All right, Mambo, what would it be? Uh, I think it would, it would have to be after, well, my, my brother's named after my dad. Uh -huh. So maybe uh, one of my grandpas, uh, Manuel or uh, Ricardo. Okay. Yeah. I'd go with Manuel. Manuel. I like yeah. Manuel. Manuel. Yeah. 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 Manuel is a solid manly name. You know, it sounds like <laughs> sounds like a successful strong guy, man. I like so it. that would be that would be you. You know what, Mark? I really like your episode of Persistence Culture Podcast, man. It's been a freaking blast <laughs> getting to know yeah, you, man. man. Like seriously, you've like lit up the 
yellow table, dude, with all kinds of emotions, man. I'm, oh, I'm, man. I'm thankful to get to, to to get to know you a little bit, man, and Likewise. really thankful that you're in the 805. I mean, we've met a lot of awesome people since we started doing this podcast, dude, but you're at the top of the list, man. All that stuff you're doing for World Central Kitchen on top of being an incredible husband and father, man, you should be proud of yourself, dude. Seriously. Appreciate that. Appreciate yeah. that. Just a lot. Keep, keep crushing life, man. That's the goal, you know. That's the goal, you know. Now we got another baby, and yeah, another baby, got another example to set yeah. for, you know. And okay. you know, got rock, rock, Dom, and Bo, you yeah. know. So, <laughs> well, yeah, had a house full of even the cat's a guy, you that's know. It. Like, yeah. 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 Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like a lot man, of masculinity you're outnumbered yeah. here. Yeah, well, man. Yeah, it's wild. Well, and yeah. we're thankful that you're the business of the month, too, with Persistence Culture. And uh, I'm going to make oh, sure I you. get in there and get a wee, yeah. wee dram of whiskey wee next time. Dram yeah. whiskey. Next time I'm at, at Rocks and Drams, man. Seriously, thanks for coming to the Yellow Table and thanks for uh, letting everybody thanks hear your story, me. man. Thanks yeah. for having me. Guys. Definitely, definitely going to have you back, too, man. So, uh, once yeah. you, uh, you guys have a Instagram on the uh, Rocks and Drams? Oh, yeah. Rocks, rocks underscore a and d underscored drams. All right, and hey, also buddy. check out check out their merch. They got some oh, dope merch. merch, sweet merch. Yeah, man. In time for the holidays, that's a per- perfect uh, stocking stuffer for yeah. uh, for someone there, man. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Make sure you guys give us a follow at Persistence Culture. Keep moving.